0: You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Our in emotion is the future. This is just the beginning.
1: You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No, there is another.
0: Hey there, Star Wars fans! You're listening to the 57th episode of Star Wars: The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors regarding uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, uh, Rogue One, all the other upcoming uh, Star Wars films and video games and TV series and all that other fun stuff. Um, I'm your host Kyle. As always, I've got my co-host Tim with me. We are just back from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim this past weekend, and. Oh, my goodness. It was just a blast. So much fun. We saw so much cool stuff. There was so much big news coming out of there. So we've got a lot to talk about on this episode. Um, But, Tim, I I think I'll just kick it off by asking you what was kind of the, you know, it, it kind of became the cliche icebreaker question of the weekend. I'm sure you probably heard this from several people when you were just waiting in line for a panel or something. But, man, how about that trailer?
1: wow man just wow <laughs> i mean you could say you were speechless you could say you were in shock you could say you were mesmerized and or you could just say one word like i just did: wow just all that would perfectly describe your feelings when seeing that trailer And i think almost every fan in the room no matter if you're in the main stage the digital stage the fan stage wherever you were and you saw it with a group of star wars fans for the first time What an amazing, amazing experience, man. That just one moment to kick off the celebration. Celebration was made, just that one panel there, but there's tons of other cool stuff to make this an amazing weekend. So, yeah, geez, man, what a way to start off Celebration Anaheim. And we knew it was going to start off with a bang, but I think for me and probably for everyone else, it exceeded expectations as far as how... Amazing, it was going to kick off Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. So, yeah, I cannot wait to start delving into this uh, discussion of that new Force Awakens trailer because it was amazing.
0: Oh, it was so good. I mean, just, you know, for you guys listening, Tim and I just both watched this again, you know, watched watched the trailer again right before we started recording just to get ourselves pumped up for this because, man, yeah, like you said, it was just such a great way to kick off. The celebration. Although, when you were talking about the different reactions and stuff, and you said maybe you were speechless, like, I don't think anybody in the room was speechless. Um, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) At least, okay, maybe they were speechless in the sense that they couldn't form words. Um, I think that might have been me along with several (laughs) other people. But no one was, like, stunned silent. Everyone was just screaming and cheering and making a bunch of noise and uh jumping around too (laughs) yeah i mean i'm i'm sure you guys have all seen this by now if you haven't what are you doing um go (laughs) check it out it is amazing um but yeah i mean i mean so so let's break it down a little bit um, cause obviously there's a lot of cool stuff in here, but then it was just the one, the money shot at the end that just sent everybody over the top. Um, but you know, starts off on, uh, you know, a shot of this desert planet, which we thought was Tatooine, but, uh, yeah. we found out from the panel from JJ Abrams that this is actually a new planet called Jakku. I need um, some
1: of our own words here. Cause we, you and me thought for sure it's going to be yep. Tatooine. Like, how could it not be? But there you go it's jeku
0: yep they proved us wrong on that one but uh yeah we heard over and over again rumors that this was a new planet and just from seeing um even the first trailer but you know also some of the leaked concept art and stuff it was like there's no way that's not tatooine and then well now there is a way it's not tatooine because it's not. Yeah. Um, which
1: i i will say right now i'm still not quite sure how i feel about that i think there's just something about tatooine being like the main like central planet and the whole star wars saga and for all the main like episode movies for that to be the central like core world where heroes meet up or like the journey begins so i mean i think in the panel jj abrams says we'll learn more about why like this is like the central planet for the force awaken so i'm not gonna kind of say "Oh, well, i'm disappointed it's not tatooine until we see the movie and know the full story but it still seems a little weird to me knowing <laughs> what i see this trailer that that's not tatooine
0: Yeah, it is a little weird, although for me, um, I mean, I don't mind them sort of diverging from what they've done in the past. I don't mind that it's on a new planet. Um, You know, if we don't see Tatooine at all in this movie, uh, like, I'm not going to be disappointed by that, but uh, I don't know. It just seems odd to me that this planet looks so much like Tatooine, and I'm not saying there can't be other desert planets out there, but... You know, it could be a desert planet with maybe some mountains in the background instead of just flat sand or, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, plant life and that sort of thing. There could be like some bushes or some cacti or some tumbleweed or something like that. I mean, I live in Arizona. This is a desert, but it's not just flat sand like Tatooine everywhere. Um, You know, we, we know what trees are out here. Um, so it would have been nice like <laughs> if they were going to make a new desert planet to maybe make it a little bit more varied. But um, it's like, man, it looks exactly like Tatooine. So it almost feels like they're trying to go in a new direction and not try to retread too much old ground by having the story set on a new planet that's not Tatooine. And yet they're trying to also evoke the feel of the original trilogy by making it look exactly like Tatooine. Um, And I just kind of wish they would maybe mix it up a little bit more. But, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much. Because, again, there are thousands, if not millions or whatever planets in this galaxy. And, uh, you know, I I guess there could be two somewhat identical dust ball sand planets out there. Um, Now, if it has twin suns, then I'll have a problem. But (laughs) at least from what we've seen so far, we don't have any evidence of that. Uh, but so back to this really cool establishing shot in the trailer. Um, that's like Tatooine, Jakku, whatever planet it is. It looks awesome because the first shot you see is just this speeder, uh, going across the landscape. And we think it's probably, I, I mean, I, at least for me, I think it's probably that same speeder that we see Ray jump on in the first, uh, trailer. Um, and it's really far off in the distance, so you can't really make it out that well, but, um, looks like it could definitely be her on that same speeder flying past, the crashed wreckage of an X-Wing. And then you kind of slowly see come into picture in the background, this giant star destroyer, just half buried in the sand (laughs) and uh, just such cool imagery there. Um, And especially because it it fooled me because I think we had heard, you know, obviously we've, we've seen the leaked concept art and heard a lot of rumors about um, Ray living in this derelict uh, Imperial Walker. Um, And then I think we had heard a, some rumors recently that there might be a shot of that in the trailer that we might see this, uh, crashed AT-AT that she lives in. So we see the wreckage of the X-Wing and then I'm seeing like, Oh, there's something else big in the background over there. Um, is that the AT-AT that we're seeing her go to? And then it's just like, as the speeder keeps going and as the shot keeps panning, you just see more and more and more of this thing come into frame until you're like holy crap that thing is massive and that is not a walker that's a whole <laughs> star destroyer okay
1: yeah <laughs> man yeah i mean i will be honest too i didn't notice the x-wing and falling into my second viewing because i was noticing in the distance that star destroyer again, like more and more into the shot and it's looking more and more amazing as it's like this uh, shot is panning through and man talk about an awesome image jeez i mean i you could say that for a lot of stuff in this trailer but to kick it off and the way to start off the second teaser for the force awakens because we it reminded me when it first started when we were on the desert planet again. Okay, that was in the first teaser. And I was wondering, okay, how is this going to be different from the first teaser? Is someone different other than Finn going to pop up <laughs> like he did? But <laughs> this one was a little better where it just you pan off and you're seeing things in the background like slowly get revealed. Like the X-Wing crash down there. And then that Star Destroyer, man, it's so cool. I can't tell you how much I love seeing stuff that, like, like you mentioned, the concept art we've seen previously in concept art form but then when you actually see it in the film how it's gonna look it's i just love that feeling of seeing stuff uh you knew already before but now you're seeing it in its final form and looking amazing so yeah (laughs) this star destroyer shot was just beyond cool and just makes you think man what else is this trailer gonna have in store for us because the first shot of it's so so cool
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and it was definitely a surprise too i mean again we had heard rumors about you know crashed x-wings and tie fighters and walkers and stuff i don't think anyone expected to see uh you know something as big as a star destroyer uh crashing right down there i mean obviously it it also kind of evoked um some memories of that first uh trailer for star wars the force unleashed too where you know star killer crashes down the star Mm -hmm. destroyer and just you know seeing something that huge and uh imposing that you're used to seeing you know flying in the sky and chasing down rebel ships and stuff to to see just a husk of it buried in the dirt was like i don't know kind of kind of haunting in a way almost but just so cool at the same time
1: yeah i mean Um, i can only imagine for those who aren't like us who maybe didn't see the concept art and staying away from all the spoilers they can and they're seeing this image for the first time, how much their minds must have been blown seeing a crashed Star Destroyer on this desert planet. Like I said, it was cool for me to see something in a concept art be brought to life, but I can't imagine someone who's seen this for the first time who had no idea that something like this was going to be a part of the movie. That must have been a pretty cool way to kick off the trailer for them. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: heck, it even blew my mind. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I I had no idea that was coming. (laughs) Um, And then... I mean, we go from there. Then you know, it fades to black. You hear Luke Skywalker oh, man. <laughs> doing, you know, some basically re-recorded dialogue from Return of the Jedi. He says, "The Force is drawing my family." He says, "My father has it," and you see the the burned, cracked shell of Darth Vader's mask, um, <laughs> which is another, you know, chilling, haunting, but just oh, really okay. cool visual. Um, and then he says, "You know, I have it." And we see uh, a figure in what are probably Jedi robes, because he's you know wearing a, a dark cloak um, that could be kind of brown. It's hard to tell. But then you also see just a hand sticking out from from under this robe. It's wearing a light colored sleeve, uh, so you figure it's probably a Jedi, if anything, or. You know, at least just sort of a, a normal person, maybe wearing a cloak, but it's not like a, a hooded Sith, because they don't usually wear white shirts. Um, And then, but then just sticking out from the end of the sleeve, you see this mechanical hand. Um We don't see the character's face, but the prevailing theory as of right now is that that's Luke Skywalker. Oh, and also that hand is resting on the dome of R2-D2. So, um yeah, that's Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just and especially when you think about the, the dialogue that's going along with it. He says, I have it. You see, uh, you know, this, this hooded figure who we're assuming is Luke. Then he says, my sister has it. Um, and you see uh, basically just the hands of two characters. One character handing a lightsaber to another character. And it is that same um yeah it's it's anakin's lightsaber it's luke's first lightsaber that he got at the beginning of a new hope uh that he lost with the lost in the duel with darth vader and bespin so um that will be making a return in the movie we don't know how we don't know why um i i still hope the movie doesn't open with a shot of a floating severed hand holding a lightsaber just floating through space but (laughs) um it should be interesting to see how this, yeah, how it plays into the movie, how it got there in the first place. Um, Although I am starting to think, um, Tim, I don't know if it was you that I told this to or somebody else, but I was like, maybe the reason that they made this new planet, uh, Jakku instead of Tatooine is maybe they're going to say it's in the, Anoat system with Bespin and that, uh, you know, then it'll make a whole lot more sense that, if okay, that hand point. did somehow float through space, at least it had a lot shorter distance to travel.
1: Yeah. But then again, too, yeah, that's a good point to make it more sense. But I'm in the mindset, too, like I've said this before, where it, no matter where this lightsaber travels and how it got into someone else's hand, it's all because of the will of the Force. There's something that, like, like the title says, the Force is going to awaken in this movie, and it has something to do with that lightsaber. So mm-hmm. no matter where it lands, how close, how far it was from Bespin, I'm not going to have a hard time buying, really, <laughs> wherever it la- it ends up and like how far. So I'm just really glad it is that Anakin-slash-Luke lightsaber that we've known from Empire and prequels, or at least episode three, and then Clone Wars, and So, yeah, I'm just really glad that that's the lightsaber. That's going to be, I guess, the MacGuffin of the movie, if you will. But back to the trailer, I mean, this whole sequence with Luke's dialogue, man, I, maybe not necessarily my favorite shot is in this sequence, but this is probably, like, my favorite sequence of the trailer. Hearing Luke's dialogue, again, like you said, re-recorded for, like, he's pretty much saying the same thing from Return of the Jedi, but it is new dialogue that he's saying. It's for the trailer or hopefully for the Force Awakens movie itself. But, yeah, like you mentioned, the way he's saying it, and you see that my father has it, you see the damaged Darth Vader helmet. I mean, I wanted to see that since the first Force Awakens teaser, <laughs> and to see that in the second shot. Like you said, chilling, haunting, all those words to perfectly describe it. Just, like, give you goosebumps seeing that. And then, like you said, I have it, that hand going on R2, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure, certain, that's Luke. It has to be. <laughs> and then, like you said closing out the sequence where he says my sister has it and you see, but I'm hearing a lot of people saying that the hand that hands it to Leia is an alien. It doesn't look human.
0: Well, kind you know of, what? I, it, it actually, it is an alien because I went through and, uh, kind of skipped through the frames a little bit in, in slow motion. You can't necessarily, or at least I couldn't really tell from the hand, but in just like the first couple frames of that shot, you actually can see, uh, just, like, a little bit of that character's face. Mm. Um, and it's definitely an alien character. Um, kind of human-looking, but it's a sort of a much, like, smoother, flatter face and doesn't have a nose, really. So, um,
1: I'm curious if that's some of the other aliens you've been hearing about, like that character, Rose, who's been rumored to be played by Lupita Nyong'o. I
0: think it might be. And, it, I mean, it's been a while since I've read some of the rumored descriptions for that character. But um, I think I also had heard some maybe even some rumors like since the trailer came out saying that uh people thought that that was the character that was handing the lightsaber to leia or something like that so yeah. um and by the way yeah i mean we don't see leia's face either but again kind of continuing with the theme of you know my father has it i have it my sister has it so again kind of the prevailing theory there is that leia is the person in that shot receiving the lightsaber even though we don't see her face
1: yeah um, which i will say if if I can nitpick a little bit about this trailer, which seems impossible, but I kind of think it wouldn't, This should have panned up work cause that I'm pretty sure, like you said, it is Leia and even her costume was kind of the, Uh, costume design descriptions we would heard from uh, making Star Wars that had it where it's kind of like a gray like jumpsuit type outfit and a like long black vest kind of similar to the rebel soldiers and that's what it does look like so if that's her taking the lightsaber I think it would have been just a little extra better if it maybe just panned up and we saw her face because I don't really see like the reason to hide what Princess Leia looks like 30 years later I mean it looks like they're trying to keep Luke secret and of course we see Han later on but I wonder why they chose not to show Leia's face here. And I was like, maybe one little nitpick I have about this. Cause it would have been cool to see the camera pan up and we see Leia taking Luke's lightsaber.
0: Yeah. I, I think they're just playing their cards close to the chest for now. I don't think there's going to necessarily be any big reveal there. Um, you know, like I, I don't think there's anything they're necessarily trying to keep a secret. Like, I don't know, Leia's gone blind or has a different hairstyle or, <laughs> Something that would make us go like, oh, wait, what? Like, what's going on there? Um, but I, I think, you know, they know how excited we get for this stuff, and um, I, I think they showed us just enough. Like, we're still going to have plenty more trailers and stuff coming before the movie comes out, so they can save the uh, the official reveals of Luke and Leia for that. Um,
1: yeah, and JJ, uh, J.J. Abrams did say that, oh, we're going to have some fun, like, revealing, like, some of the other characters in the coming months, so I'm sure they have some Pretty cool surprises, not necessarily in trailers, but how we're going to get introduced and reintroduced to familiar characters.
0: Yeah. And then, um, so, you know, we we see that handoff of the lightsaber with Luke saying, my sister has it. And then it just fades to black. He says, you have that power to, um, you know, presumably he's going to be saying that to somebody in... The movie – now, I don't know if this dialogue will actually be in the movie or not. I don't actually think it will be just because it's an exact copy of what he said in Return of the Jedi. Um,
1: yeah, that Star Wars known to do that though. I mean like George Lucas says, it's kind of like music where you repeat certain things and this could be a, one of those moments where Luke is saying that to one of the new characters. Like my father has it, I, I have it, my sister has it, and now you have that or you have that power too.
0: Yeah, maybe – um, but the other thing, and when he says my father has it, and I know this has kind of caused some some debate and discussion among people, because um, some people heard that and thought, oh my gosh, Darth Vader is still alive and he's going to be in this movie. Obviously, he's not. Um, and you know, if if this line were in the movie and Luke says my father has it, as in my father's still alive. I think obviously he'd be talking about his father's force ghost and how he's still one with the force and everything. But I think that would probably confuse some people, especially since, I mean, I'm sure Disney and J.J. Abrams and everybody are well aware that as much of, you know, as as many of us are like the the diehard Star Wars fans who've seen all the movies and stuff, they know this movie is also going to be... The introduction to Star Wars for a lot of the younger generation, but even some people our age who've just like never bothered to um, to watch Star Wars or never been introduced to it or anything. Um, and so I think, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm looking into it a little too much or, or thinking too much about it, but it just seems like that might kind of confuse some people or put some people off and I don't think it's really necessary. Um, but also, you know, like you said, they, they do tend to repeat lines and stuff like that with the, you know, may the force be with you and I have a bad feeling about this and some of those other classic star Wars lines, but to, to take a, um, I mean, such a long and such a specific, uh, piece of dialogue and, you know, completely copy and paste that into the new movie. I, I just don't really see them doing that. I just think they did that just for this trailer and just to sort of, um, give it a nostalgic feel, obviously, but then at the same time sort of hint at what's going to be coming in the new movie. Because obviously, even though Luke is quoting Return of the Jedi here, you also get the feeling that when he says, you know, you have that power too, he's not talking to Leia. He's talking to maybe Finn, but most likely Rey. Um, You know, talking to one of these new characters and sort of saying, like, here's what came before and, uh, you know, now we're going to, set one of these new characters off on their journey here
1: yeah when you heard that where he says now you have that power too is there a specific character that you think he's talking saying that to because right now i think it's going to be ray i think yeah, she's going to be the one who's going to uh, because i mean if the r- rumors and reports we've been talking about and hearing where maybe she will be um Han and leia's daughter or somehow related in the skywalker line it's going to be her i would think he's saying that too since he's mentioning his father him and leia so yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Ray that he's saying that all that too.
0: Yeah. And also because he, he starts off that line with the force is strong in my family. Mm. Um and it's like if there I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here, look at the three main characters, Ray Finn, and Poe Dameron. If there's anyone who's gonna be related to Luke or Leia, it's most likely Ray. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean that's that's my guess. But um
1: Yeah, I think that... Prediction or theory I had when we initial got the initial casting about Domhnall Gleeson being part of, like, the main, uh, <laughs> like, new trio of heroes and, like, possibly being related to Luke. That's, like, totally out the window now.
0: <laughs> Maybe, although I think he could still possibly be related to Luke, um, just because I still think there's an undeniable resemblance there. And the the fact that we really haven't heard a whole lot in the way of rumors about his character i mean we've heard some more stuff lately um in the the early going there really wasn't much about his character at all but still you know he's one of the ones that we know still not a whole lot about and so i think there's definitely still some room for for some surprises there and it is
1: possible um, he is in this trailer when, when we get to that shot.
0: <laughs> possibly, um, but if he is, I mean, you know, even if he is related to Luke or if he's Luke's son or whatever, I don't think he'll be, um, you know, part of like the next big three yeah, uh, for this movie. I mean, they they pretty much confirmed that yeah, it's the new now. Han, Luke, and Leia for this movie are Ray, Finn, and Poe Dameron. Yeah. They had. Uh, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, and Oscar Isaac come out for that panel there at Celebration. So, you know, those are going to be the the three new big faces of the franchise. Um, but so anyway, I mean, we've really only talked about like the first half of the trailer because that was, uh, you know, just Luke's narration and kind of showing the, the little teaser shots of the original trilogy characters. Um, and then you just hear like this beautiful you know, rendition of the force theme from John Williams just swell up. Oh, so good. And you see a, a shot from a different angle of just all those X-wings swooping over the water. Um, I mean, just, and, and at this point, you know, you, you start to just get like the quick cuts and just the rapid fire, like, Oh, what was that? Whoa, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, you see a couple different shots of Kylo Ren, one where he just like turns towards the camera and sticks his hand out in like a force choke or a force push or something like that. Um, there's another one where he's, uh, has his lightsaber ignited and is swinging it right at the camera. Um, I'm assuming those shots are both from the same scene. And even though they're, they're spread apart a little bit in the trailer, I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen like one right after the other in the movie. And I'm pretty sure he's killing somebody, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe, you Yeah, maybe somebody tries to sneak up behind him and he turns and catches him in a force grip and then, gives a little villain monologue and says, I'm Kylo Ren and I lead the First Order and this planet will burn. And then he raises his lightsaber and cuts him down.
1: Yeah, man. Those two shots of Kylo Ren, man. How cool is, is his character looking?
0: <laughs> uh, cool enough that I now have that image of him just with the the lightsaber behind him and the hand stretched out towards the camera. That's my cover, fi- my, my cover picture on Facebook. Now. So, um, I mean, as soon as I saw that trailer, that's, that might be my favorite shot of the whole trailer. Um, even though there's, there's a couple of them later that maybe got me a little more excited or a little more on the edge of my seat. But just as I'm sitting there watching, I mean, from the the second I saw that shot of him just, you know, turning towards the camera and you see, I mean, that was the, f- the first time that we've gotten uh, our first official glimpse of the front of his mask and sort of the, the first reveal of what this villain's really going to look like, even though, you know, of course, we've seen the leaked concept art and stuff like that. And it, it, that was all pretty much spot on. Um, yep. But yeah, this is the, the first official reveal of his mask. And just as soon as I saw that trailer, I was like, that needs to be uh, my, my wallpaper or Facebook cover or something. Cause that just is awesome.
1: Yeah. This is, it looks like that scene we've heard about too, where, Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers are gonna do some damage to a local village. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be Jakku or another planet, but in that shot where Kylo Ren turns around, looks like he's doing a force push. You see in the background there's stormtroopers, but then there's uh, people all lined up, almost kind of like the stormtroopers rounded them all up. If it gonna be taken prisoner or if he's gonna execute them, but um, this is when it looks like that moment we've heard a couple of descriptions on where. Um, we'll see, which I said before, this, this is the moment where the Stormtroopers mm-hmm. will show why they're going to be a, a reasonable threat <laughs> in this new era of yeah. Star Wars. And, and then Hopefully it's the... not against these helpless villagers, but there's warriors there <laughs> that can put up a fight and then <laughs> dominate uh, these uh, this group of people in this village, or at least they're fighters anyway, but yeah, it looks like um, whoever's in this village is not going to come out good, because Kylo Ren and <laughs> the troopers look like they're in total control of this invasion or this battle that they started or or engaged in i mean this makes you wonder why are they there like what i mean is it all because of luke's lightsaber that they're looking for i mean that's the re- Report We're hearing that that's going to be the main MacGuffin and thrust of the movie. I mean, are they going to lay like siege to this whole village just looking for that lightsaber? I mean, again, as we watch it and see how cool it is, it just makes you speculate more <laughs> as far as what's all going down in the images that we're seeing. But yeah, it just looks so cool. This is like a moment where I really can't wait to see. Just visually, it just looks awesome. You got the flames in the background, you got Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers, it's an awesome lightsaber. I just like the tone that the scene is setting, like something we've not seen in Star Wars too much, really. Oh, yeah, man, I just can't wait.
0: Definitely is setting up some ominous stuff from the, the new bad guys. Yeah. Um, see, another... I wonder if this is
1: going to be his in- introduction. This is the first time we're going to see of Kylo Ren in the movie. Will it be this moment?
0: It very well could be. Because um, I think this will probably be something early in the movie. I mean, if it's not the very first time we see him, I do think it'll be the first time we see him in action. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be the first time we see Stormtroopers burning stuff. It'll be the first time we see him ignite the lightsabers. So, um,
1: yeah, maybe this... Who knows? Maybe this might be like the very close to the opening shots or maybe Finn is there, like part of that stormtrooper battalion. And this is kind of maybe what makes him turn and like kind of say, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> this is wrong and I got to get out of here.
0: Yeah, maybe. But then I'm also thinking maybe if I mean, if uh, the the stuff we've heard about Finn being a, a stormtrooper and a deserter and everything um, is true, which, again, I mean, they they talked about that a little bit at the panel, too. And it seems like that's all starting to shape up uh, kind of as expected Um, And it's like if he deserts the Empire and joins up with these rebels or, you know, new hero characters or whatever you want to call them, um, I mean, maybe the Empire is out hunting him. Um, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though the, you know, the lightsaber is going to be kind of central to the plot of the movie, I doubt the, the main villains would be, you know, hunting down stuff and. Torching villages and everything well, just to to find one lightsaber, unless they think all the Jedi are eradicated and this is like their, you know, their their fear of the Jedi returning or something like that. But I don't know. We'll see. It should definitely be interesting to see uh, kind of how it all plays out and what gets this, get gets this all going and off the ground in the first place.
1: Yeah. You see, what makes me think that Kylo Ren is looking for the lightsaber or doing that because of the lightsaber would be because I mean, rumors and reports are saying that he's someone who's like obsessed with the Sith and like. Collecting the old ancient Sith artifacts and maybe – and then, of course, if he wants that lightsaber, that's why he'd be after that and do whatever it takes to get whatever he wants. Where in the case if they were looking for Finn, I kind of think that would be something that would do – the what we've heard about the Chrome Stormtrooper or Captain Phasma, as we're hearing her name might be. That would be like her job to go out there and look for Finn. So I'm kind of thinking that would be her duty while like Kylo Ren is looking for that lightsaber and that's what he would be focused on.
0: Yeah, possibly.
1: Um, Again, yeah, all just wild speculation Yeah,
0: I mean, this this is all just going off of what we know so far I'm sure yeah. there's going to be plenty more backstories and motivations and everything to what's going on in the story here that we just don't know about yet Because the other thing, I mean, this is still very much a teaser trailer Even though it's yeah. longer than the first trailer and we see a whole lot more stuff It doesn't tell us anything about the story um, Unless you want to sort of take that, um, that line from Luke about, you know the the force is strong in my family and my father has it, I have it, my sister has it and you have that power too. And if we assume he's talking to one of the new characters then that's like the only small tiny little tidbit of story information you can take from this is that okay there's a new character who's probably going to be related to the Skywalker line and who's going to have the force. But we pretty much knew that anyways. Um, but there's no other dialogue in the trailer except for the very end. And um, And, you know, not really anything detailing what the story is about or anything like that. But still, just plenty of stuff in here to get you super excited. I mean, there's another shot of, like, this fortress on a snow planet that looks like it's built into the side of a mountain or something. And you just see tons of stormtroopers outside with, like, TIE fighters and turret guns and some ominous-looking emperor figure standing off on a balcony in the background... Um there's you know a couple other shots of TIE fighters. Like you see a, a couple of TIE fighters swooping through the air. You see a shot of a TIE fighter inside a hangar, probably on a Star Destroyer or something that's like spinning around and shooting stuff and making
1: it like straight and sitting, out of Clone Wars, Sending right
0: stormtroopers <laughs> flying high in the air and stuff. That was an awesome shot. Um so yeah, lots of shots of the bad guys in this trailer. Um, you know, lots of stormtroopers and tie fighters and we do get our first shot of the chrome trooper, uh, oh, you know, yeah. tentatively <laughs> codenamed Captain Phasma, which I didn't, you know, I wasn't crazy about that name at first, but the more I hear it, like I'm I'm warming up to it. I'm like, okay, I can I can get on board with this. Um, you know, cuz now that I've heard more and more people um have it kind of just roll off the tongue i guess um you know I, like even when we were at celebration you just like pass by a couple of people who would said like hey did you see captain phasma in that trailer and it's like you just hear people sort of start using it in kind of casual conversation and you know i kind of just catch on with it and it's like okay yeah that does kind of have a cool ring to it i guess um, but yeah so we see that chrome stormtrooper in the trailer Um, We see a new Star Destroyer with, like, a shuttle and a couple of TIE Fighters flying towards it. Um, But then you also see, uh, you know, your shots of uh, Poe Dameron and uh, Ray and Finn and BB-8 and the heroes in there as well. Um, And then, of course, to close it out... um, It it ends kind of in a similar way to the first trailer because we get another uh, slightly longer shot of the Falcon in some sort of pursuit with a TIE fighter. Um, Only this time it's, uh, you know, the Falcon is like flying kind of low across the desert and then flies like into the engine of another giant (laughs) derelict spaceship, which I thought was that same Star Destroyer at first, but, you know, after having watched the trailer a few more times, I don't think it is because. Um, I don't know. It looks flatter to me. Um, Although I still, I, I can't say I've actually like paused it right on that spot and just looked at the ship. That's always kind of like in my peripheral vision as I'm just watching the Falcon and this TIE fighter on their, their crazy chase here. But this definitely looks like an awesome scene. It's going to be um, unbelievable, man. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm sure this is going to be part of that part of the same scene from the first trailer too, yep. where we saw the Falcon doing the flip and everything with a couple of TIE fighters and to know that this is the scene that they shot in IMAX, like, oh boy. come on. That is going to be amazing to see in theaters.
1: That's for sure, um, man. Oh, this, <laughs> we, we've only gotten like a few shots of this uh, chase sequence, or uh, I don't want to call it space battle because they're not in space, but <laughs> this flight battle, man. It just uh, If this is the only – well, we know it's not because we got the X-Wings, but if this was the only – like action sequences we're going to get with like ships and stuff i'm already sold on it <laughs> as far as i'm okay with it because this looks like it's going to be amazing i mean because attack of the clones only had one space sequence or ship sequence with slave one and obi-wan ship and that was fine and this one looks like it's going to take it to a whole nother level i mean flying through a junkyard of crash down star destroyers and other ships and with the falcon man this looks so so cool again going back to that thing where it's something we haven't seen in Star Wars before, but yet yeah, it feels so Star Wars. Uh, this is going to yeah. be amazing. Like you said, being shot in IMAX, too, man. <laughs> this is going to be geez, something where your eyes are just going to pop out if you see it in IMAX. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, hope it doesn't end too quickly.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't think it will. Um, because in that first shot, is, yeah, in the uh, the first trailer that we saw, you know, when the Falcon's like doing flips and everything, you don't see any crashed wreckage of ships in uh in that scene I don't think uh um, No yeah you're right There's so no- it's like obviously they have got some distance to cover to get to this big junkyard or whatever and then I'm sure they're going to have uh you know a pretty you know fairly lengthy uh chase scene, like throughout the interior of that ship too um it's like if you're going to go in there you might as well make it worth the time to go in there and and make that a, a pretty cool part of the chase so
1: Yeah it seems like too it would be like the final moment of like a big action one of the big action sequences of the movie cuz uh, at least i'm guessing this might be part of the sequence where we see that shot in the trailer of uh, Ray Finn and BB-8 being like shot by tie fighters and they're running from the tie fighters uh blaster shots and i'm thinking maybe they get, they're get. they making their way to the Falcon or they outrun the TIE Fighters for now, but then they say, like, we got to get out of here. And that's when they make their way to the Falcon and then they make their escape and we get that awesome chase sequence with the TIE Fighters and the Falcon at the end to kind of close out what's sure to be an amazing action sequence.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I actually think you're totally right about that because I saw an image that someone either posted on Facebook or tweeted or something. And I think it must have been... Maybe one of the the screenshots that they showed at the panel. Um, because, so for the Force Awakens panel at Celebration, um, you know, they had it on this big main stage where JJ Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and everybody were out there talking to the crowd. They had a big screen up behind them, and as they're talking, they were showing some photos of, uh, you know, JJ on set with like stormtroopers or with uh, the different actors in costume and things like that. And like when they introduced, uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, they would like show an image of each of their characters on the screen behind them. Um, but I think for us being in the digital stage where they were, uh, simulcasting it, um, I don't know if we saw all the images that they showed there in the main room, because like, even as we're sitting in there, um, I think it was like Matt Cranky who was with us, who was showing us on his phone, like a couple other images that they were showing on the screen in there that we weren't seeing on our broadcast of it. Um, and I saw one image that someone posted online later and it was a picture of, it basically looked like a continuation of that shot of Finn and Ray running, but you could clearly see like the landing gear of the Falcon in the foreground of the shot. Um, or like the, you know, the pipes or whatever that like hold up the ramp. Like you couldn't even see much of the ship, but you could see enough to know that, yeah, that's probably the Millennium Falcon. Um, And so, yeah, like you said, there is a shot in the trailer where Finn and Rey are running. You see a TIE fighter in the air above them. That's like shooting down and, you know, makes a big explosion behind them as they're running away from it. Um, So, yeah, I think that would make perfect sense if they run right from there onto the Falcon and, uh, you know, maybe Han's already on board and they take off and, uh there you go but man yeah that is gonna be a highlight of the movie for sure um but yeah so i I mean as we see a little bit of this chase scene in the trailer we see the falcon and the sci Fighter go into like i said the the innards of this crashed out ship then it cuts to a shot of this sleek new looking tie pilot helmet with like these red stripes painted on the black helmet and Dude, I don't even know why, because, like, I've never really been a huge fan of TIE pilots. I mean, there's nothing wrong with their design, but those, it's just kind of one of those things in Star Wars for me that's like, it is what it is. Yep, a TIE pilot's a TIE pilot. Move on. Like, show me some cool Jedi robes or something like that. Um, but every time it cuts to this shot in the trailer, i like, I don't know if it's the, the mask or just the way that, you know, you kind of see him, like jerking a little bit as he's pulling on those triggers and you see the flashes of green light up as he's firing the lasers. There's just something so classically star Wars about that shot. um, That just gets me every time. But then uh, you know, they they cut back to an outside shot. You see the Falcon flying past like an explosion. um, And then it fades to black and you just hear Mm -hmm. Han say, Chewie, And then it fades up to an image of Han and Chewie walking into the (laughs) cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And he says, we're home. And. We all lose it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like, that's the part that I can't even put into words. Um, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure you've all seen the trailer. I'm sure you all freaked out at that point, just like we did. But. I mean, if if you're at the point where you've watched the trailer so many times where it's already starting to get old, like, if that's even possible, then go and watch some reaction videos to it on YouTube where people, like, film themselves watching the trailer for the first time because some of those are just hilarious. Or find videos of people who recorded the trailer on the screen there in the main stage at Celebration um, because it's it, it brings a whole new level of energy to it to you know watch the the trailer and even though it's not the best quality because you know obviously they're recording it off another screen that's kind of off in the distance a little bit just to be able to hear the entire crowd's reaction like you hear that moment when everybody in the room realizes oh my gosh that's a star destroyer in the background and they all cheer and then uh you know everybody freaking out when vader's helmet comes on screen and then um you know cheering when we see Luke's old lightsaber again cheering when those x-wings come flying at the screen cheering when we see Kylo Ren's mask for the first time cheering when you see the falcon go into the you know in that ship in the chase and you think the crowd was you know excited and loud up to that point um but then it fades to black and you just hear Chewie and everybody just goes dead silent because it's like who said that what are we about to see right here for the last shot of the trailer and then there they are han solo and chewbacca in the falcon and he just says we're home and the it's like if you thought it was loud and exciting up to that point then the the cheering suddenly is like two or three times louder than what it was before and you see people like throwing their arms in the air um in fact in one video that i was watching you see somebody who's got like a modified they they basically made their own kylo ren force fx lightsaber and they stick that up in the air and ignite it and it's just (laughs) awesome like i mean i mean not that i ever don't like star wars but you know you have some days when you're more excited about it than others and on the days when it's like dipping a little bit, then you just see how excited everybody else gets about it. And you just got to get right back in there with them. And it's like, yeah, I can't wait for this movie.
1: Man, could they have possibly picked a better way to end this trailer? (laughs) I do not think so. It was just... Perfect. That's how they did it. Where you just hear the words, like, chewy and it's just black. You don't see it. That, like you said, like, we're just waiting, like, oh, are they going to show them? Are they going to show them? And then they pop up on the screen, Han and chewy together again. I mean, it's just hard almost to wrap your head around it still, especially... Then, when you're seeing it for the first time, but even still, now, like we're seeing a new image of Han Solo and Chewbacca. We haven't seen them together in over 30 years, and they look great. I mean, Harrison Ford looks perfect as Han Solo. You he sure he's got gray hair? He's older, but he's still it's still Han Solo, and Peter Chewie, oh, yeah. you know, Chewie looks great. It was just so awesome. I mean, and the words that they chose too. We're home. Like, yeah. I mean, not for me personally, because uh, I know there's people out there who maybe. Uh, their Star Wars fandom has uh, like winded down a little bit, but this is, I'm, I know Disney Lucas from they're hoping to get those Star Wars fans back who maybe fell away from the franchise. And this is that line saying we're home, I'm sure had a big effect on those people who are maybe just fans of the original trilogy and they're excited to see Han, Luke, and Lei again. I mean, this trailer, I think will get them back, but for like you and me and like other diehard fans who for Star Wars, it's never left us <laughs> and we've always been home, but there's still something special about that line where he says, we're home and being on the Falcon, man, it's just so great. And then, I mean, we, I think we might've talked about this before. I'm sure we have with some of the rumors we've heard as far as them not having the Falcon at the beginning and them having to take it back. I mean, that should be a cool sequence in itself. I mean, seeing Han and Chewie trying to take back the Falcon and then when they finally do it, it's saying we're home. Uh, it's just so poetic in a way to how that last line ended with the trailer and just how it fit for being with all those Star Wars fans. And like you said we can talk about those trailer reaction videos i mean if you want to get more pumped up for it i totally agree because man being in a room sure we weren't in the main stage we were in the digital stage which held a lot of people but everyone was just as excited as they were in that digital stage and man i just can't tell you how cool it was sitting by you and then everyone else in our like podcast group that were are just re- going crazy when this <laughs> moment happened in the trailer it was just so cool I mean. Definitely a standout moment for celebration. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, not just the image itself, but just being around like you guys and everyone else in the room just going nuts when they saw this image. It was just so cool. Like I said, perfect way to end the trailer. Just perfect. They couldn't have done a better job.
0: Yeah. Which and and this is why I disagreed with you when you said earlier, like you wish they had actually shown Leia in that shot at the beginning of the trailer. And at first I mean, you know, we we had heard some of the rumors and stuff about what we might see in the trailer, and we were kind of expecting, I think, to see, um, like, full shots of Han and Luke and Leia. And we had heard even that, like, the final shot of the trailer was going to be a reveal of Luke, like, wearing a hood, and then he looks up towards the camera, and you finally see his face, and then he ignites his lightsaber or something like that. Um, But we thought, like, all three of them were going to be in there. Um, and I guess maybe towards the end of the trailer, I was almost a little bit disappointed because as soon as, you know, that shot of the Falcon faded to black, you knew like, okay, the trailer's just about over. And we still haven't seen any of the original cast except for like R2-D2 and a couple of mysterious figures who might be Luke and Leia. Um, but then it's like, there's Han and Chewie right there. There they are. Um, and you know we were all expecting to see all three of the original cast in there but just or you know I, I guess the uh, the big four if you're gonna count chewy in this case but um, just seeing those two right at, right there at the end like that was enough um you know and again like I said you see it by everybody's reaction how crazy we went for that um it's like I'm, I'm sure there's still plenty more of that excitement left in the bottle for when they, reveal luke and leia for the first time so i'm kind of glad they didn't play all their cards at once here
1: that's a good point i think you turned me on that because maybe it wouldn't have had the same effect if we saw leia first and because the crowd would have gone wild for that too but that's a very good point so (laughs) but yeah man just the idea of, man, that's new haunted chewy. I mean, it's still just exciting when you think about it. No matter how many times I've seen the trailer, which is a lot by now, and I'm sure for you Kyle and a bunch of other Star Wars fans, no matter how many times I've seen this trailer, I still cannot help but smile every time I see that image and hear the words, Chewie, we're home.
0: It just, it's impossible <sighs> not to smile because it's so awesome. It's so good. Man, I seriously had, I guess not really goosebumps, but like chills. Yeah, like, seriously, My legs were like tingly for like, I don't know, a good yeah. half an hour after we saw it. Like that shaking trailer. afterwards a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it was, like, oh, it was just like, oh my gosh, that just happened. And then of course they closed, they, they showed that teaser right at the very end of the panel Thursday morning and then, um, showed it again, uh, which was, I mean, almost just as awesome seeing it the second time. So, um, yeah, I, I, they really could not have picked a better way to kick off Celebration. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, you know, we, we've we talked a lot about, uh, like, before the, the Celebration came, we talked a lot about on this podcast about all the stuff we were excited for and all that kind of stuff. And... Um, you know, obviously we were super excited for this, but you guys know how much I love Star Wars Battlefront and how much I was excited for that new game. And even for like the Rebels season two premiere. And I had said that, uh, you know, man, I, I know that Force Awakens trailer and that panel Thursday morning is going to be awesome. But like, I'm almost like, like my, my excitement and anticipation for the Battlefront panel and that trailer was almost right up there. I was like, almost not sure which one I was more excited about. But then after seeing the Force Awakens trailer, I was like, you know what? I could go home happy right now. (laughs) It's Thursday morning. I haven't even done the rest of Celebration yet. And I still want to see Rebels and Battlefront and all that other good stuff. But if I had to call it quits and go home right now, I'd be like, well, at least I got to see that because that was totally worth it.
1: Yeah, it really was. Like you said, I mean, that thursday morning that kicked off with this trailer i mean like you said we could have gone home happy and be satisfied celebration would have been a big success (laughs) but nope there's still tons of other cool stuff and while um maybe not everything was going to top this there's certain things that came close as far as getting excited but i mean there's no way nothing could really top this as far as sheer excitement i mean seeing a bunch of new footage for a new star wars movie that a few years ago, we thought was never going to be possible and having to deliver on all fronts, both with showing the new characters, new vehicles and new uh environments and planets and with the old like Khan and Chewie and then glimpses of Luke and Leia. I mean, it just blended everything perfectly. It's so, so good. So, yeah, this we expected them to knock it out of the park with this trailer, This trailer, and they really did. I mean, not really any complaints. I had my little thing about not showing Princess Leia's face up there, but you convinced me that that was probably the right decision in the end. And yeah, the holy hard part is choosing what is actually my favorite shot from this trailer. <laughs> I think it's either the shot of all the Stormtroopers on that snow planet or the Chrome Trooper. Right now, I'm leaning more towards the chrome Trooper. I mean, I've been excited for this character and the design of the suit ever since I've heard about it, seen some concept art for it, and to see it actually moving in, in physical, like, real form, it looks great. There's something about a trooper, and let alone chrome armor, but just a trooper in a c- cloak and a cape that just looks so cool to me. I mean, this character is going to be so cool. I just can't wait to see Captain Phasma slash Chrome Trooper in action. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be so cool i mean yeah it's it's so hard to pick one but i'm gonna go with that one but it's then like i said there's different moments you can choose like the ending i mean how could that not be your favorite moment that gets you the most excited and then like they talked about earlier with luke's dialogue that gave me chills i mean this there's really no wrong moment you can pick for this trailer that's your favorite or thing like Gets you the most excited, and someone goes, "Really? That moment? No, pretty much all of it's just great." So, it's mm-hmm. just the hard part is just picking which one's your favorite.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I could almost say my favorite part of the trailer is the music. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, like, I mean, it really adds to it. Because when you know when uh, Luke says you have that power too, and it's like th- they're playing music over that first part, and then that stops, and then they start playing a different section of the music right after that, and before you even see the the first shot of those X wings. Uh, just the the words come up this Christmas. And that's when like that forest theme really swells up. And I'm like, why am I so happy right now? Like <laughs> they're not even showing anything. Like I've never been this excited to see the words this Christmas in a trailer before. Yeah. Not next year, this Christmas. <laughs> uh, yep. In fact, you know what? I got a I was like talking about the movie with my dad and while I was sitting there talking to him I was like you know what I'm gonna go on the app store and download an official episode not official but an episode seven countdown app just because I can and because it's free and so let's see where we at right (laughs) now as soon as I can get rid of these stupid PBS kids ad, ads <laughs> that keep popping up on here. Um, star Wars episode seven, the force of Wiggins, 237 days, 19 hours, 26 minutes and eight seconds.
1: Awesome. We're in the low 200s now. <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. We're going to be in the 100 mark.
0: Yeah. And that's, as of the time we're recording this, I'm sure by the time we get it out, hopefully it won't be too much longer. Um, but you know, we may have shaved off n- another day or two. um, Oh, oh, man, man it's going to be so good. And, I mean, this trailer is just fantastic. Like, I've heard maybe one or two people that said it didn't impress them that much, that they thought it was just kind of mediocre, but I haven't had... Insane. <laughs> i insane. Well, yeah, but I haven't heard anybody have any real big complaints about this. And, I mean, the first trailer for Episode 7 that came out, obviously that one made waves, too, and a lot of people loved it, but... There was a little more controversy surrounding it where some people were like, oh, what the heck? You can't have a black stormtrooper because they're all supposed to be clones of Jango Fett. And, you know, of course, we had to go and educate those people. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, some people didn't like the lightsaber. Some people were disappointed that they didn't show any original trilogy characters. And I think by this point... We've gotten used to the Black Stormtrooper. We've gotten used to the new lightsaber. You can't complain about the lack of original trilogy characters. And there was just more explosions and TIE Fighters and John Williams music and cool landscapes and just all the stuff that makes Star Wars awesome. You know, more Stormtroopers and cool villain outfits and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm almost ready to just say this is the best movie trailer of all time in my opinion. But, um, (laughs) it's like, if, if we can say that about this teaser that still hasn't even really told us any information about the story yet, and it's still, we're what, like seven or eight months away from the movie still. Um, it's like, wait till we get, you know, probably later in the summer or early fall or something like the first sort of official trailer trailer. That's like two and a half minutes long and actually gives a little bit of the story hints and stuff like that. Um, and maybe that'll be the one where we see Luke ignite his lightsaber or something. Um, like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm like, if this is how excited we are just for this trailer, like the next trailer is going to be even more awesome, and the next trailer after that is going to be even more awesome, and then the movie is going to pass that bar and just uh, – man. like It's
1: crazy, man. is when you think you cannot possibly be any more excited for this movie, <laughs> this takes us to a whole other level of yep. the thing we get for it, man. <laughs> The only thing I guess to look forward to now with this current teaser, I just can't wait to see it on the big screen with the Avengers next week. I mean, yep. <laughs> that's going to look amazing on
0: there. Yep. In fact, uh, you know, our friend Michael Cohen over on the Rebels podcast, who we were at, with at Celebration for the whole weekend, um, he posted something on his Facebook like in the past couple days saying something like, uh, you know, all right, Star Wars Celebration's over, so it's time to move on and get excited for, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron and – um I, of course, had to go and comment on his post, and I made a meme with the the Futurama guy where it's like, you know, not sure if more excited for Age of Ultron or just seeing the Star Wars trailer again <laughs> on the big screen for the first time. Because, um, man, I cannot wait for that. I know, man.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Like like, like I even said, though I, I the – I missed the first teaser in theaters, so this one I know for sure. I well, at least I better see it. <laughs> yeah, oh, you
0: still time. haven't seen the first the the first teaser in a theater yet.
1: No, uh-uh. no. No, oh, granted, okay. I didn't see too many movies. I, I think the only one was The Hobbit, which I thought for sure it'd be with, and I never saw yeah. It, it.
0: Yeah, actually, like now that I think about it, I'm like I think I've seen a few movies since then, but I think The Hobbit is the only time I saw that. The, the only time I've seen that trailer on the big screen, um, but. Yeah. I mean, even though I've watched the trailer probably like, I mean, at least 50 times by now, like easily, um, I haven't even been keeping count, but yeah, if you count all the times that I've watched like reaction videos that have the the trailer playing down in the corner too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I've easily watched this 50 times, maybe going on a hundred now or something, because the other thing too, is when we were at Celebration, um, well, me and everybody else in our group, we were all staying in a house together. And, of course, Tim, because you lived near there, you were um, staying at your own place. But you were you know, coming and hanging out with us in the evening for a little bit usually. And uh, I don't think a night went by that we didn't watch the trailer again at least once on the TV in the house that we were staying at. But you know, I think we usually played it a handful of times. The other thing that was funny, too, is when we're standing in lines for stuff at Celebration You know, you'd be standing there talking to somebody in line uh, waiting to see, like, the Rebels premiere or something, and then suddenly you just hear this Millennium Falcon noise (laughs) and look around, and sure enough, somebody's right behind you watching the trailer on their phone again. Um,
1: Even right after the panel ended, I mean, no one wanted to leave their seat and just – everyone grabbed their phone and (laughs) wanted to watch the trailer. Then I was like, okay, we got to clear this room out, clear out, and then, like, everyone left the room, and then we just stayed, like, right outside the entryway and just watched the trailer on phones. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or, you know, we're, we're all looking at, like, the screen grabs and stuff, trying to freeze-frame the coolest moments and everything. Yeah, we're just asking, who's that? Who's that person? Who's the end of the lightsaber too? Like, what is yeah. that uh,
1: It was so much fun, man. So
0: much fun. Of course, we got free posters from there, too. Um, yeah, yeah, this that's was right. kind of a weird celebration for me because this was the first convention I've been to in a few years that I didn't buy any art prints. Um Although, like, on the last day, I wanted to buy that one exclusive Darth Vader art print from one of the artists there, but it was sold out on the last day, so I didn't get that. Um, And so I'm leaving Celebration going, man, I didn't buy any art prints. And then I went, oh, wait, but I got, like, eight free posters, (laughs) and I don't even know where I'm going to put those. So maybe it's a good thing. Um, Yeah, because we got the free uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens poster. Uh, You and I also got free posters of uh, the new Clone Wars Dark Disciple novel that's coming out. Um, and then they had these exclusive Lego star Wars posters that they were giving away, uh, like two every day for free. They're basically like the special edition, uh, movie posters from 1997, but they replaced all the characters on the poster with Lego figures. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I got all six of those from Lego booth over the course of the weekend. So, um, yeah, I've got plenty of new decorations to hang up. Um, I also got like a hundred dollars worth of, action figures.
1: Um, <laughs> I know you were on the hunt for those black series figures. I but. was
0: on the hunt for those black series figures and I scored a bunch of them, man. I was proud of myself. Um, didn't pay any ridiculously overpriced ones either. Um, Cause I saw some that I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. I think somebody had a Darth Maul for like $125. Um, and I'm like, man, I'm glad I got that at toys R us right when they came out. Cause <laughs> no way. Um, but yeah, I got, uh, what I got, Obi-Wan and Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. And then I got, uh, Return of the Jedi, Luke and Vader and Chewie. So, um, got kind of all five of the big ones that I've been wanting to get and didn't pay more than 30 bucks for any of them. So I was pretty proud of myself because I, I definitely went bargain hunting. Like I saw some <laughs> Vader's for like 50 or 60 and I was like, let me see if I can find it any cheaper.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I just pretty much didn't buy anything really, but I did want to see if I can get that art print of the Clone Troopers one called Heroes of the 501st. And I did get that on the last day by artist Chris D. And man, I'm so glad I did. That poster is so awesome. You got Captain Rex on there, you got Five, you got Echo and some other clones there. I mean, I don't usually have too many like posters that I get and frame them and hang them up, but that's one I'm definitely going to have to do pretty soon, get it framed and hang it up on my wall because it looks really cool. I mean, that's, I said that when we were talking about the artist that got announced for Celebration a few episodes ago, and this was one that was on my radar. And then seeing it in person and actually picking it up, it was definitely worth the purchase. It wasn't that expensive either, too, so I was like, yeah, I got to get it. So, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get that one framed and hanged up because it looks awesome.
0: Yeah, and the one thing that I have to definitely get framed is uh, the picture that we got. Um, I went with uh, Jason Hunt and Carl from The Wampa's Lair. Um, we went and uh, you know, got a photo op with Mark Hamill and Ian McDermott, um, which oh, yeah, is just a such, a cool, <laughs> such a cool moment. Um, so I've got the photo from that, and then we also got you know the digital copy, so we've all got that up you know on our Facebook and stuff now. But, um, I mean, it, it wasn't just like cool to get a picture with those guys but it actually turned out as like a really good picture too so yeah we're all smiling we're all smiling and nobody looks awkward and one of my friends at work who had seen me post that on facebook he said uh something like man kyle i saw your picture and like you just look so happy and like geeking out right there like you know oh my gosh i met luke skywalker which is pretty much what i was doing
1: yeah how um, can you not be
0: <laughs> i mean it's one of those moments that kind of goes by in a blur because you really don't get to stay there for very long like you walk up you say hi you shake their hand and then the photographer's like okay everybody get in you take the picture and then you shake their hand again and say thank you and you walk out the other side and pick up your, your photo so um and it was, it was quick, but it was definitely a, a memorable moment and, uh, definitely a, a awesome keepsake to have as a picture. So, um, man, but I mean, before we get way off track talking about collectibles and stuff, um, cause I mean, we could go on and on for hours talking about like everything there was to do there at Celebration. But, um, I mean, going back to the Force Awakens stuff, aside from just the trailer, and there were kind of a couple other maybe newsworthy things um, at that panel. Um, I mean, when they introduced each of the new actors playing the new characters, um, they talked a little bit about their characters. And so, um, you know, they did say Ray is like a you know, a scavenger. She's self-sufficient, lives on her own. You know, working with the the junk and the scrap and everything on this planet of Jakku, which, again, that was kind of one of the big reveals, too, was that this is not Tatooine, but this new planet called Jakku. Um, so they talked about Rey a little bit briefly. Uh, Finn, they did kind of confirm that he is a Stormtrooper um, because, you know, after the first teaser, some people were thinking, like, oh, well, is he a rebel in disguise as a stormtrooper or is he like actually a stormtrooper? And so um
1: that was a funny moment too. Like he's all like looking at JJ, like, uh, do I? Like, uh, yeah. And then he like does it. Like JJ slaps him on the arm. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> in a <laughs> <jokey
0: way. laughs> Yeah. I, you know, basically it was, it was sort of those, one of those things where like confirmed without really, yeah he was kind of nodding his head while saying, I can't talk about it or something like that. Um, but they did basically confirm that that Finn is a stormtrooper, and then the guy who was hosting the panel was like, "Well, if he's a stormtrooper, like how come he's with the good guys?" And they were like, "You'll just have to wait and see and find all that out." Um, and then Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac, basically was like, "Yeah, well, my character's the best freaking pilot in the yeah. whole galaxy." <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, he, he seems like he'll be a pretty a pretty fun character. This you know cocky, hotshot X wing pilot um, who I'm we sure also, is. Uh... Or reveal that he's been sent on a mission by a certain princess <laughs> oh yes yes that he gets sent on a mission by a certain princess that ends up with him meeting up with uh you know with ray and finn and uh kind of setting him off on this big adventure as well so um yeah teasing a little bit about those three characters there they also um brought out pretty much all of the original trilogy cast on stage, except for Harrison Ford, who, unfortunately they said, you know, they, uh, at least Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams, like they said that he wanted to be there, that he was planning to be there, but because he was in a plane crash just like a month ago, um, they said, you know, he's at home he's resting and hopefully he'll be there at the next one. Um, but I mean, they had Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, a bunch of people in, The new Stormtrooper outfits out there on stage, uh, just sort of, you know, setting the stage for the whole thing, getting everybody pumped. But I think aside from the Force Awakens trailer, uh, the one other thing that got everybody the most excited was when... um, you know, Kathleen Kennedy brought out like those two guys from Celebration Europe who were the R two builders who they actually hired to work on the movie. Um, so they talked to them a little bit about you know what it was like to go from being fans to working on the movie and to be actually building the real R two. And then of course they rolled R two out on stage, and you know everybody was happy to see R two again. And then they rolled out BB eight, um, and I mean, man, that was like really cool to see because it. I mean, again, it's a fully functional, you know, practical, real droid that rolls around and moves and beeps and everything. And, you know, we knew that this thing was going to be a physical prop. You know, they've confirmed that before. Mark Hamill said that he got to play with it in the creature shop or whatever on set. But from what we saw in the first trailer, you know, all you see is that shot of him rolling along from the side and he's just going, going in one direction. His head kind of stays in the same place. And so I was thinking, okay, he's probably got some kind of like groove or something along the center of his body where the head just kind of stays there while the rest of the body is rolling along. But then, I mean, when he, he rolls out there in front of the, you know, on the stage in front of the crowd, and of course we were in the digital stage, we could see it, you know, front and center up on the screen. They had a great shot of him. And he's rolling around. His body's like rolling every which way it wasn't just like rolling forward or backwards or whatever. It's just kind of like rolling around in all directions. Meanwhile, the head is just like sitting up there on top. You can clearly tell it's not going through a groove or anything. Cause the, the balls rolling all over the place, but then the head could also like kind of swivel and, and like slide along the ball almost. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but you know, if you haven't uh, watched the, the video of that panel yet, you should definitely go check it out. Cause like I said, this is definitely one of the highlights of it. And it's just crazy to see how this thing moves and think about like how they built that. I mean, now kind of the, the main explanation that everybody's going with is that there's probably some kind of magnet inside, um, that, you know, moves around inside the dome and the head just kind of follows that because like I said, obviously there's, nowhere for the head to be like sticking out through any holes or rolling along any grooves or anything like that. So, and it really was cool to just see uh, the way this thing looked and moved. And it it was almost like a a star Wars rebels, like chopper and R2 kind of situation where it almost seemed like the two droids were uh, given a little bit, giving each other a little bit of a hard time. Um, Man, that was also, you know, something else that was really fun and really cool to see.
1: Yeah, it's easy to say before the trailer that was the highlight of the whole panel. I <laughs> it was seeing BB-8 roll out there and seeing what it can do. I mean, yeah, everyone was going crazy. And, uh, we were watching like a video of one of the house, like one of those reaction videos. I forget what it is, but someone said something that was like pretty true. It was like, this is the first time you've seen something like in a movie that makes you go, how are they doing that? <laughs> because before, it was just, like, it's CG <laughs> for most of the modern movies now. But now it's like you're just wondering how exactly they're making BB-8 move that way. It's like... Everyone was just, like, going, man, this is just amazing what we're seeing right here. But I also really like how BB-8 sounded, too. It doesn't sound like R2 or Shopper or any other droid. It's had its own unique sound that I thought fits the character pretty good. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I really can't wait to see more BB-8 in the movie and just how he said, how is it actually going to interact with R2? If maybe they won't interact with each other at all, but like you were saying, it was kind of rolling around R2, maybe, like, pushing him a little bit. So we'll see if they have any moments in the movie together. But I think... BB 8's going to be one of the many breakout stars <laughs> or new characters from The Force Awakens. It's oh, like it's going to blow everyone away.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but then something else that was really cool, too, um, after the panel, and I think this is part of the reason why they had this panel Thursday morning, is because they had an exhibit there um, at the convention um, that was kind of, it, it was almost a little <laughs> bit of a hidden gem on the first yeah. day that not everybody knew about yet because this wasn't on the main uh, show floor. It was like in a room up on the second floor, um, near some of like the smaller podcast stages and stuff like that. But, um, it was just kind of this, this, small room, but they had on display, like some models of ships and stuff from the movie, as well as like some of the full, uh, costumes and props and all that sort of thing. Um, and so we got to go in there on the first day um, just by chance because we kinda I think you and I both kind of just heard about it through the grapevine from, you know, other friends who had heard about it and were like, Hey, let's go check this out. Um, and had to wait in a little bit of a line. I mean, it was maybe like a, a thirty or forty minute wait getting in line, but by the end of the weekend when everybody realized that there were full stormtrooper costumes and Kylo Ren's lightsaber hilt and everything on display in there, um, you know, the I, I heard from some people that they had to wait in line for like two hours and they were having to like cap the line at maximum capacity at some points and stuff like that. And so, you know, for the rest of the weekend, I'd walk by seeing how long that line had gotten and be like, man, I'm glad I got there on the first day when not a lot of people knew about it yet. And we didn't have to wait that long, but um, yeah, I mean, it was like, how cool was that though? Cause we weren't expecting to get to like, be up close and personal with all this kind of stuff in there like we had just seen the first official reveal of Kylo Ren's mask in the you know in the trailer that we had just seen earlier that day and then there's the whole costume there in the display case with his robes and his mask and his lightsaber and everything um and then they had like two of the new stormtroopers they had a BB8 model which obviously this one didn't roll around it was just sitting up there on a pedestal but um, it was still cool to be able to see that up close. Um, they had the uh, the armor suits for the new stormtrooper as, or yeah, like I said, they had the two the two stormtroopers, but then they also had the snowtrooper and the flamethrower trooper. Um, they also had a couple of like uh, what Jakku scavengers or something like that um and then they had you know smaller models of like the new x-wing the new millennium or yeah the new x-wing the millennium falcon um and then uh they had ray and finn's costumes in there as well um so yeah man it like again after seeing that trailer earlier that day and then being able to walk in there and be like well there it is like that yeah. was that was really cool to be able to see and i'm pretty sure everybody who went in there uh you know took at least one picture of, like, every single thing in there. So, um, man, that that was really cool to just be able to see that stuff, too.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point, how was, I think it was extra special being on the first day when we saw the Force Awakens trailer, and then because this was one of the last things I think we did – for Thursday where we closed out the day by looking at these awesome displays. And like you said, I didn't even know about it. I was, um, at the end of the day, with my friend Omar who was like saying "You want to check out the Force Awakens exhibit. I was like, isn't that just that one little small area on the floor that's raised speeder? And like, I walked around it. I don't really need to go by there again. But like, oh, there's like a separate exhibit on like the second floor. You should check it out. I'm like, okay, let's go. And then we see you online there. And then when we get in, I was like, whoa, <laughs> where did this come from? I mean, I was not expecting to see... The other trooper designs, like the flame trooper and the snow trooper, like, wow, man, this is awesome. (laughs) Because we didn't get really good looks at them at the trailer at all. And then seeing stuff we didn't get in the trailer, like those uh, Jakku, I think they're described as the junkyard nomad and like junkyard thug. Because we didn't see any glimpses of them in the trailer. And they were kind of, it seems like they might be this movie's Tusken Raiders or Sand People. They didn't look exactly like them, but they're kind of going for that feel a little bit. And then seeing Kylo Ren, like you said, is that, cool costume he has, and his mask up close and personal was amazing. And then seeing uh, his lightsaber, too, we got a really good look at his lightsaber hilt. And it kind of looks, because we've been there's that debate, like, is it an old ancient artifact, or is it something he just put together and out of, like, scraps and stuff that's not really finished? It's kind of looking more like the latter, where it's something he's put together himself, where he didn't necessarily finish it all, because you can see, like, the hilt's not fully covered, you can see some of the wiring in there, so again not necessarily confirming that but it still makes you think of what exactly it's going to be so a lot of cool stuff in there and then seeing uh, finn and ray's costume and in their displays too there's some concept art right by it and under finn there's a really cool piece of concept art of him and he has uh, luke's and anakin's lightsaber um, on his belt clipped onto it so it looks like he, i wonder if the lightsaber is going to be used by different people throughout the film like between him and ray or is he going to be the like final character who kind of claims that for himself or this would be his lightsaber now? So again, more questions that way. And then another big thing too from this display besides seeing all these cool images was a little new info regarding the title of like, the Empire and the Rebellion because they're not necessarily called that. Because for the Falcon or at least for the X-Wing it says um, the resistance, like X-Wing resistance fighter. And then for the Stormtroopers, they're being referred to as uh, the First Order. So that kind of makes you think, too, okay, what's with the new title changes for, like, the Empire and the Rebellion? Like, what's the status of the galaxy at this time to make them be called the First Order and the Resistance? And, of course, we're going to hopefully get answers to that in like some of the novels like Aftermath and the Journey to the Force Awakens book. But it's just cool that besides seeing all these awesome displays up close and personal, we're getting some new info and stuff that we didn't necessarily think we were going to get, like seeing that concept art and these new titles called The Resistance and The First Order. So this whole display was just awesome to see. And unfortunately, I think anyone who wasn't there Thursday and throughout the weekend, probably not everyone who wanted to didn't get a chance to see this. Because like you said, the lines got really, really long and then ended up being capped off for the day in the afternoon. So... Hopefully as many people got to see it as they can, but, um, yeah, we tweeted out a bunch of pictures for it on that day, so you can check those out on our Twitter account, because they look really awesome, so if you a not to see it there, you can check out some photos for it, because it really got you <laughs> more pumped up, like, after the trailer, and then seeing them in person was just an awesome experience, so it was really cool that they had this on display there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... Man, yeah. I mean, just that whole day with you know all the all the new reveals and stuff was just an awesome first day of celebration. Hard to top. Um, although one other thing that was pretty cool, I think, like the night before and then uh, early that morning, like before the panel, we also got some leaked. Like there were there were some images that started leaking um, that looked like posters uh, or like different. Art images um, from the movie. There's like six of them, or five or six of them that I'm looking at right now on uh, Star Wars Underworld. They were one of the sites that posted all these, um, and uh, pretty much all these trail or all these posters. They all focus on the villains. Um, I mean, four of them have Kylo Ren in them, um, and then one of them's just got the the chrome stormtrooper, and then a regular stormtrooper, and a flamethrower stormtrooper. Um, But then all the other ones have, like I said, they all have Kylo Ren, but then, I mean, one of them's got a bunch of TIE Fighters, one of them just has Kylo Ren with the lightsaber, one of them's got a bunch of Stormtroopers, one of them's got, uh, you know, some Stormtroopers and some TIE Fighters and a shuttle and uh, Captain Phasma and the new First Order logo, which also looks really cool because it's... um, you know, kind of a, a hexagon shape with a circle in the middle that definitely is sort of reminiscent a little bit of, uh, of the Galactic Empire logo, but it's definitely different, too. Um, it's like, uh, you know, like I said, it's just sort of this uh, hexagon with a circle inside, but then inside that circle, there's all these points, almost like teeth, kind of... looks like a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> I was about to say, it almost looks like whoever designed this symbol designed it based off a of Sarlacc, but, um, you know, it's you know, something new, something that looks cool, something that, uh, sort of evokes, like I said, it sort of evokes the, uh, the old empire logo in a sense, but it's also definitely something new. Um, so it's just one of those things that looks like it's going to fit right in and, and feel like a, an organic part of this universe. So,
1: um, I can't wait to get a t-shirt of that to go along with my Imperial logo, rebel logo, Jedi logo (laughs) t-shirts. Another one add to that collection. Oh
0: man. Wow. So, yeah. See, this almost feels like, uh, you know, we could have filled a whole episode just talking about the new episode seven info and, uh, you know, the new trailer and all that kind of stuff. But we still have two big thing, you know, two more big main things uh, from Celebration that we want to touch on in this episode. Um, And uh, these are both from panels that actually, uh, you know, one of them I went to and you didn't get to go to and the other one you went to that I didn't get to go to. Uh, So, Uh, While we're on the topic of movies, Tim, why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, some of the new info that came out of that uh, panel for Star Wars Rogue One on uh, Sunday morning and uh, some of the new stuff about the spinoff films.
1: Yeah, so this one was a panel where I wasn't sure exactly what to expect from it. I mean, it was called Conversation with Gareth Edwards and Josh Trank. And, of course, we knew it was going to be about the standalone movies. But how much info were we actually going to get? Was it going to be just like, I was just expecting concept art and maybe a little details about maybe the plot of it but man I'm sure glad I went to this panel because we got a whole lot more and there's a lot more clarification on these movies in particular well Rogue One and by the time I left I was super excited for it so yeah I mean first off unfortunately Josh Trank couldn't make it to this one Pablo Hidalgo said that um, he just was under the weather and couldn't be there so there was nothing told about his standalone movie which makes me think where are we gonna get some details about that but Because he was sick and couldn't be there, they held back. Or was the plan for him just to kind of be there, uh, have his presence known, and just kind of talk about the process and what it's like to be working with Star Wars and not necessarily get anything. So I don't know. It's probably something we won't know. But what we did get for Rogue One, man, it's, it's going to be awesome. First off, it was Kathleen Kennedy and uh, Carrie Hart, was part of the story group, they were talking to Pablo Hidalgo first, and we now have an official title for these standalone movies. It's going to be called Star Wars Anthology Films, so no more referring to them as spinoffs or standalones. They're going to be anthology films, which I think is a pretty cool title. I mean, it fits into being part of the whole Star Wars saga as a general the Star Wars universe, but yet being set apart from the episodic movies of course one through nine which we're gonna get so i do like the title anthology film but this has a nice ring to it when you say it star wars anthology films and then when they brought gareth edwards up here it was funny because i thought okay gareth edwards is coming up and let's they'll probably show that concept art that bob Iger showed at that investors called when we found out the title of rogue one but Right away, Pablo Godalgo says, like, so, like, do you have anything you can show us? And Gareth Edwards is uh, all like, uh, we haven't started filming yet, so I really don't have anything. And then they were kind of playing along with each other where Pablo was looking at his notes, like, but I thought you had something. Like, so you really have nothing to show us. And then he's all, well, I might have something. <laughs> and then the crowd just went nuts. And then they... Lights went down, and they showed an actual teaser for Rogue One, which, man, I don't think anybody in the room was expecting. And it was really cool. Of course, like Gareth Edwards says, they didn't start filming yet, so they really didn't have any, like, concrete footage to show. But it was a – I mean, this was as much as a teaser as you can get, but it had the same effect as getting you hyped up. Because how it starts with um, – you you see this jungle in a forest. It kind of reminded me of like an environment you would see from Jurassic Park. It's like an overhead view of a forest. And as the camera's moving up, you hear the familiar words of Obi-Wan saying, like, before like, um, the, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice throughout the Old Republic, before the dark times, before the Empire. And as he's saying that, you hear the familiar sound of a TIE fighter fly by, and then you see it come into frame, and then you hear a cool like, version of the, like a slow more like a slow version of the Imperial March plane. And you hear that TIE fighter zoom across the sky. And as the, panel, as the camera pans up, you start seeing the sky of this jungle planet. And in the distance, out in the horizon of the sky, you see the Death Star. <laughs> this, the Death Star 1 from A New Hope. It just looks really cool. Because you don't see it in space, but you just see it kind of in the distance of the sky of this planet. This is a really cool effect. And then it fades to black. And then you see the title Rogue One. And another cool thing I liked was the logo for it that's probably gonna be like this for all anthology films because it actually reminded me of how the prequel logos were how um you had it said episode one two or three and like in the center in between like these two bars that's kind of how it was it said rogue one in between in the center in between two bars and on the top of the bar it says star wars and on the bottom it says anthology so i have a feeling that's going to be the standard logo just whatever the actual title will be in the center but when the trailer ended, it was something that you never really heard before in a Star Wars trailer or in a movie because you just heard like this calm chatter of soldiers going out like over here, like well we're gonna attack, like that type of stuff. Where during a battle, like they're trying to get in communication but no one's responding, and this this battles raging on. They're look, asking for help, And it just cuts out at the end. And then you see the logo actually kind of start breaking up in static, and it just fades out. It was just really cool. It's something that, like I said didn't necessarily seen before in a Star Wars movie. And it's that's what makes me so excited about Rogue One, hearing Gareth Edwards describe it as something that's going for more, I don't want to say realistic feel, because it's in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> it's Star Wars, so it's not going to be realistic. But I guess for a more real approach as a war movie, that's what he's describing the sads, as it's going to be a war movie. It even says, well, the word war is in the actual title of Star Wars. So <laughs> we kind of want to really... Uh, Push that to, not to the extreme, but really make that the focal point of this movie, that it's going to be about war. And another thing, too, that a theme that they really brought home is that this movie is going to have no Jedi, no Force, nothing like that. This is about a group of rogue soldiers who are on a mission to steal the Death Star plans. And that's been confirmed as the main plot for this movie. I mean, we've heard rumors about that where maybe it's going to be like, uh, pirates, bounty hunters, but it's going to be about, um, some rogue soldiers or, which I, they didn't necessarily say, but it's going to be soldiers from the rebel Alliance. Maybe not necessarily part of it right now, but maybe eventually by the end of the movie, this group of uh, soldiers will be a part of the rebel Alliance that we know and love from the original trilogy. But, I just liked how he's stressing. This is like a group of people who are going to rely, have to rely on themselves because there's going to be no Jedi here to save them and to help them get through this mission that they're going to go on. I mean, that's all up to them. And I mean, we just think about it, a Star Wars movie without the force or the Jedi in it. I mean, we've never seen that before. So this is going to be something that, which these anthology films should be about something that explores a different avenue of the galaxy. That's different from what we're getting in the main films. And, Yeah, I just really can't wait for it. The way the trailer was, how Gareth Edwards described it, and just his passion that he had for it, too. I mean, he was really, really excited about it because he told the story kind of how he got involved as being the director. I mean, Kerry Hart kind of reached out to him about it, told him to look at the script. And this was during uh, the time where he was about wrapping up Godzilla. And he was thinking to himself, well, I just done my first blockbuster. I kind of want to take a break for a little bit. But let me just read the script see what it is. It's Star Wars. And he says, before I read it, I was kind of hoping, oh, I hope the script sucks so I could just pass on it and I don't have to uh, do, the, do it. But by the time I got to the end of the script, he was like, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> he just goes, there's no way I can sit in the theater years from now. And thinking like someone else directed this when I had the chance to, so it left that script by John Noll or not the script by John Noel, but the story by John Noel, but she was out on stage too, which is pretty cool um It just left an impression on where this is a movie I have to make it just it just sounds so good, so yeah, I'm really excited for Rogue One. I mean the force awakens that's the first movie and we're beyond excited as you already know by a reaction to the teaser trailer that we got at celebration anaheim but the force a, i mean rogue one is gonna it sounds just as awesome but for a different reason because it's gonna be so different yeah because the, they actually did show that concept art too where that because that looked cool too i mean it looks like a jungle world it's raining you see these rebel soldiers run being dropped off by some drop ships running into battle And it's really dark, too. It's like dark sky. It's raining. Their outfits kind of reminded me of um, the Rebel Soldiers, what they wore in Hoth, but not quite the same. But when you look at it, that's what you think of. It looks like Rebel Soldiers from Hoth. So visually, it looks cool. The premise of it sounds cool. The tone of it's going to sound cool with how he's describing it as a realistic war movie. I mean, all of it just seems to be clicking together for something that's going to be a very unique Star Wars movie that sounds awesome. So I really can't wait for it. And they they didn't make any casting announcements besides uh, Felicity Jones, but they did say that she will be playing a rebel soldier, which I don't know if Garrus Edwards was supposed to reveal because he says that that he looks at Kathleen Kennedy. Was I supposed to say that? She thought, well, you just did. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, Rogue One is sounding really cool. I mean, I can't say enough how awesome it was to actually get a teaser for it i mean the movie's still a good like year and a half out longer probably but the fact that they wanted to give some fans to be excited about um, with a trailer i mean yeah it got us pumped up everyone in the one everyone in the room was really excited for it despite not necessarily getting footage of what we'll see in the movie it was enough just to see that Death star in the background hear obi-wan's words and just have that Familiar music with it, so yeah, the panel was really awesome, and I think everyone who was there went left there thinking, "Man, Rogue One is gonna be is gonna be a hit with <laughs> for the first one of these anthology films because the premise of it sounds good, and just the passion that everyone has for it from Kathleen Kennedy, Carrie Hart, John Knoll, and Gareth Edwards, yeah, they just really, really can't wait for us to see this movie. So man. I can't wait to see it either. So Rogue One is sounding like it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds really cool. And uh, man, I got to say, I was kicking myself for not going to that panel because uh, well, I skipped that to go to something else, which I'll talk to in a li- talk about in a little bit. But um, you know, I kind of figured like, man, we still barely know anything about the Force Awakens, and that's coming out this December. Rogue One doesn't come out till next December, so there's no way they're going to show a new trailer for it. And, you know, they'll probably show some concept art or whatever. And, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll give some new details about it, but nothing that I can't find out about online later. And, uh, you know, just, you know, hear about it later on and we'll still get to talk about it on the podcast and everything. So I don't know if it's going to be anything that I absolutely need to be there in the room for. Um, and then of course, while I'm standing in line for this other thing, you know, Tim, you were doing some live tweeting of the panel and, uh, you know, I see show up on my Twitter feed. They just showed a teaser trailer for Rogue One. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but then, of course, I found out, you know, it didn't actually have any real footage. It was just sort of one of those brief little concept teasers just to kind of build the hype for it. But um, I did get to see that on YouTube later and, uh, you know, it definitely looked pretty cool. Unfortunately, you can only find bootleg versions of it on there because I guess they aren't allowed to show – They they aren't allowed to officially release it yet because of – what is it you're saying? There's some licensing conflict with like the the new Mission Impossible movie that's coming out this year because that's titled Rogue something or other.
1: Yeah, it has the word rogue in it. I'm always blanking on the title for that Mission Impossible movie. It's Rogue something, but yeah. (laughs) yeah. Until that movie comes out, I don't think Disney or Lucasfilm can actually officially promote Rogue One or this movie with the words Rogue in it.
0: Yeah, well, guess what? We know what Rogue One is called, and that's coming out a year and a half from now, and the Mission Impossible one, it's like, eh, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's Rogue um, something.
0: <laughs> it's it's Rogue movie that's trying to be <laughs> as cool as Star Wars, but isn't.
1: Yeah, but, man, uh, just I mean, if this is how exciting I am for, like, just one of these anthology films i mean i just can't wait till we get in more details of what the other ones we're gonna get that's why it makes me wondering if we would have gotten some more info if josh Trank was there but it really i mean because it's kind of i don't want to say it's kind of hard to be excited for both because we're star wars fans and we get excited for anything star wars <laughs> that looks awesome but you had the high pitched enthusiasm that we've had for the force awakens the next few days and then they're going to have this Trailer or teaser for Rogue One that, of course, not as amazing as the Force Awakens trailer, but it did its job as far as getting those excited for a movie that's not coming out for almost two years. And again, I said this before, too, we got two trailers for two different Star Wars movies in one weekend. How crazy is that? That we got The Force Awakens this year, and then the year after, we get Rogue One, and we've seen trailers for both of them already. It's just insane how this is happening, <laughs> man. This is such a golden age to live in for Star Wars. It's just so, so cool. So, yeah, if anyone was worried about having too many Star Wars films out there with these anthology films and then the episode films, I don't think that's going to be an issue because this is sounding like it's going to be something that's very different in tone and with the story it's trying to tell so yeah I mean that's another good thing too I'm just glad we got confirmation that it's going to be about a group of soldiers stealing the Death Star plans so we've heard rumors about that too but I think it's going to be cool to see something like that in the movies and they didn't necessarily go into too much detail with this but it was brought up by Pablo Hidalgo to Kathleen Kennedy of how you know what there's another TV show going on right now called Star Wars Rebels that's set in this time period too (laughs) like is there it, they didn't necessarily say is there going to be like chance for crossover or see Rebels characters in Rogue One or vice versa but she just kind of said you know what we are aware that they are taking place in the same time period and like we'll just see what happens t- type of thing where <laughs> you never know we could see some characters uh, show up in maybe Rebels it will be in Rogue One or maybe a Rebels character that shows up in the movie so who knows it's, it's just exciting just know that we're getting this new Star Wars movie that's going to be i think at least from what i took away it's going to be different from anything we've seen before in a star wars film Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm just super excited for it after leaving that panel
0: yeah in fact you know it almost seems a little bit something like and of course this is just going off of a trailer and a couple of pieces of concept art or something like that Uh, so we really still don't know a whole lot about it at this point but just from the way they're they're talking about it as being like this gritty war movie and something that's a little bit different um it almost seems like something out of the Clone Wars, almost like, uh, you know, the Battle of Umbara or something like that, but set Mm -hmm. during the Rise of the Empire um, and the the Galactic Civil War era. So that should be really cool to see. Um, And yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, you know, obviously there's already a lot of hype for The Force Awakens going around and they show this trailer for Rogue One and that was really exciting, but it doesn't really seem like it's, you know, too much to handle or anything like that. Because honestly, I mean, it was cool that they showed that stuff for Rogue One. But like I said, I was not expecting that at all. And I've already kind of pushed that to the back of my mind a little bit. Um, you know, not like I'm trying to ignore it or like I'm not excited for it or anything. But I'm kind of just like, we'll get there when we get there. That's a year and a half away. And in the meantime, I'm just going to keep playing this new Force Awakens teaser on a loop. Um
1: yeah, because when I was at that panel and I left, I was like, man, I wish Rogue One was coming out this year too. That's <laughs> how pumped up I was for it. But in the end, it's going to be work out great where we have a Star Wars movie a year apart from each other. But I just left that panel really excited for it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's going to work out great the way they're releasing them. Uh, like you said, I like the uh, the way they're labeling these as the anthology films um, because it just, I don't know, it has a nice ring to it as a yeah. uh, sense that like these aren't, Um, this isn't part of the main saga, so to speak, but it's, you know, it's part of the same lore and the same universe and just goes more into sort of fleshing that stuff out. Um, and I think it's cool that the very first movie that they're doing for this, um, is something that I think is going to add a lot of context and a lot of backstory to the original Star Wars movie that kicked all this off. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, like from the the very first opening minutes of Star Wars, you see that crawl going up and it says the Rebel Alliance has won their first major victory against the the Galactic Empire. And during the battle, Rebel spies managed to steal plans for the Death Star. Um, And so, you know, now we're going to finally see how that happens. And it's it's one of those things where um, I don't think anyone ever really felt like that story needed to be told in a sense that you were missing out if you didn't know the answer to that, or like, you know, something was missing from the saga or that it didn't make sense without that information or something like that. Because, um, you know, obviously like the information we get in that title crawl, like that's pretty much all we need to be able to understand and enjoy what's going on in a new hope. It's like the empire has this big battle station, the rebels have the plans to it and off we go. Um, but then, you know, especially for, for the hardcore fans like us, um, but even for, for the more casual fans and people who just like the movies and enjoy them and want to know a little bit more about them, I think these anthology films are going to be a really cool opportunity to get to see a little bit more of that backstory type stuff fleshed out. I mean, just in the same way that the Clone Wars series was... Um, where, you know, you see this, the Clone Wars start in Episode 2, you see them end in Episode 3, and that's pretty much all the information you need to really understand what's going on there. Um, but then with the animated series, they just have a lot more opportunity to show a lot more of it and to to flesh out the characters some more and tell more stories and things. And so I think the, the anthology films are going to be um, just sort of a perfect way to continue that same type of Uh, storytelling and universe building on the big screen so i think it should be great
1: yeah i think it's all gonna work out perfectly in the end it's all fitting together as one nice cohesive uh, batch of star wars movies that are different from each other from the anthology and episode uh, movies but it's all still part of the same universe that'll all tie in together perfectly so yeah it's gonna be great and this is another thing i think I mean, when we got the title of Rogue One, a lot of people thought it was going to be about Rogue Squadron and X-Wing pilots. I mean, maybe there will be X-Wings in there and there'll be some stuff like that. But I did not get that impression at all at this panel that this is what this movie is going to be about. is like the formation of Rogue Squadron and X-Wing. Because right? the, the, those ships in the concept art were not X-Wings and no one mentioned that at all. So... Like I said, maybe they'll be part of it in the action sequences, but I don't think it's going to be about the formation of Rogue One. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just going to be about these Resistance fighters and maybe one of those pilots or fighters who maybe it's Felicity Jones ends up being uh, the founders of Rogue One or Rogue Squadron later on, but I don't think that's going to be the main thrust of this movie as far as, like, setting up Rogue
0: Squadron. Yeah, I definitely don't think Rogue Squadron themselves are going to be the main characters, but in a war movie set in Star Wars, you got to think there's going to be some sort of, you know, space battle or at least aerial battle element to it. Um, especially, you know, where you got like this, this dark rainy jungle planet. Um, that would be a really cool environment to see some X-wings and some TIE fighters dogfighting in the middle of that. Like that's something we've never really seen before. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the millennium Falcon out running uh, TIE fighters through an asteroid field and seen TIE fighters crash into asteroids as they try to chase after the falcon but we've never seen a tie fighter just get struck by lightning and go down and set yeah. a forest on fire before you know so um yeah definitely some some cool opportunities for stuff there
1: and another opportunity for stormtroopers to show that <laughs> the better than what the reputation is now because from the trailer that that end with the combling chatter it looks like that group of uh, soldiers are under heavy attack and fire so and this is they said closer to the time frame of new hope so you know There should be stormtroopers in this battle if they're going against the Empire. So I'm hoping for some more cool stormtrooper action also.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, just from the wording of that opening crawl of A New Hope, too, when it says uh, the Rebel Alliance has won their first major victory against the Empire, that certainly seems to imply that they've tried and failed several times. Um, yeah. And so even though this is going to be the story of that first major victory, you know, you would think that they'd show it being a, a hard one victory and, and show why it's taken them so long to finally build up the strength to be able to strike at the empire like that.
1: Yeah. It's funny how this, uh, when John Noah was up there, how the story came about, it was almost by accident really. Cause he just had this idea in his head, like after the, um, no, it actually might've been before. Cause that's another interesting thing. That was brought in this panel where Kathleen Kennedy was said this is something George Lucas kind of actually brought up to her when he was bringing her on board to become the head of Lucasfilm as far as he wants to do episodes 7, 8, and 9, but then also explore other areas of the galaxy that's not necessarily tied to the main saga. So um, this was kind of in the works beforehand, it looks like, before Disney uh, bought Lucasfilm and because i was under the impression that this was something that disney wanted to get as much star wars films as they can out there but it actually looks like it was something from lucas so but then john know just had this idea in his head and he sent like pitched it to pablo hidalgo just kind of said, like what do you think of this idea and he's like you know what you should probably tell this to kathleen kennedy because this is really good and then like he scheduled a meeting with her and then he was like that she was blown away by it i couldn't remember exactly what it was, she said but it was like uh, like, why did the script have to be this good? Because <laughs> we got to make this thing now. <laughs> and she made a good point too, where she was saying like, writing a good Star Wars movie is like, it's not easy. It's something you don't that, that doesn't come by every off, every off, very often, I should say. But this one did, and that's why they're so excited to, for it to get made. And I guess to have it be the first anthology film. So again, just loved all the passion everyone is showing for the story idea. It just makes just more excited to see it when it's finally finished because it's sounding awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely, um, and you know the the fact that it's uh, you know focused on that specific time period, and that you know they've got these this whole idea of the anthology films now, and that apparently it's not just going to be a bunch of solo movies focused on Han and Boba Fett and stuff like that, like we first thought the the spinoff films were going to be. Um, now I'm I, I probably shouldn't be getting my hopes up yet, but I'm like. See, now there's plenty of room for them to do like a Knights of the Old Republic. (laughs) Come on, guys. Yeah, slowly work our way back in time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it doesn't have to be like an adaptation of the movie either. I just want to see a movie set during that time period that tells some cool stories and at least incorporates like some elements of the game. Um, you know, if they, if they retcon some stuff, make their own changes, do some, some things differently, like I'd be okay with that. As long as there's still a Darth Revan, as long as there's still like an HK assassin droid in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, that, that would be way cool to see, but that's just my fanboy dream and that's way down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely sounds like there's some cool stuff coming up with Rogue One, um. One other thing uh, I wanted to mention before we move on from the movie stuff uh, with the Force Awakens, um, they also had a, a Del Rey books panel there at Celebration, um, and a couple you know details about various things came out of that. Uh, one of which is that um, Alan Dean Foster, who wrote the original novelizations of the Star Wars films when they came back came out back in the seventies and eighties, uh, he's writing the novelization for. The Force Awakens, but also something I really like is that, um, the novel isn't coming out until December 18th, the same day the movie comes out and it's releasing as an ebook. Um, and then the, like the physical copies of the book aren't coming out until, you know, sometime even later than that. So they are really going out of their way here to, uh, you know, prevent spoiler leaks and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you know people won't be able to read the books and po- post uh plot details and spoilers and stuff online ahead of time and spoil the movie for people and even with you know the fact that uh it's only the ebook that's releasing on the release date, so they can keep that a secret at Lucasfilm or del Rey or whatever, and then just on december twenty eighth you know click a button and distribute it to everybody on the internet but um you know obviously if they had like printed copies you know, those are going to be sitting in a warehouse at Amazon or in the back of your local Barnes and Noble or something like that. And then they put them on the shelves on December 18th. But obviously somebody could still get a hold of one of those ahead of time and post leaks and spoilers and stuff. So it's like they're not even going to print those until after the movie comes out or something. So like that's how far they're going to, uh, you know, just keep the, the integrity of the movie intact and make sure that that's the first place where uh, where people get to experience the story. So I think that's really cool um now some people who like reading the books first or whatever might be a little disappointed by that i'm happy just because you know i've told the story before of how i just gave into the temptation of reading revenge of the sith before the movie came out even though i really didn't want to spoil myself and so i'm just glad that i won't even have to deal with that for this movie
1: yeah i totally agree i'm so so glad that they're doing this i mean I was always, always able to resist that temptation and read the novels after the movies came out for the prequels. But I always bought them beforehand because they always come out like a month or, or at least a few weeks before the actual movie. I would buy them and I would just kind of put them away in a drawer <laughs> and kind of try to hide them where I won't be tempted to read it. But we won't have to worry about this anymore for The Force Awakens. And I think that's awesome. I mean to have the ebook come out the day of is great. And to have the physical copy, I think it's – Early 2016, might be January where it comes out. I mean, that's fine. I mean, we'll be seeing the movies a hundred times by then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can get further insight into them when you read the novel. So, yeah, I think this is perfect. The fact that it's coming out the day of uh, digitally and then novel f- in physical form a month after. I mean, it's going to be great for those who want to try to remain spoiler free for the most part <laughs> for the movie when it comes out in December. I mean, there might be those who get. Uh, maybe sent the digital code early or something like that for a review. But hopefully, those are like from professional sites that are good about keeping spoilers and not leaking out certain stuff. So, I think from that front, we should be pretty good as far as getting like concrete details from the novel revealed before the movie comes out. So, yeah, I'm really happy about this.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, speaking of things that aren't coming out until 2016, you remember that time when. They released a really awesome trailer for the new Star Wars movie, and then like the morning after they posted like this bleak, gloomy Batman, Superman something <laughs> or other, and then we just went back to watching the Star Wars trailer again.
1: Yeah, but then on that Friday, they had to release the good quality of that Batman vs. Superman trailer because they had to, because everyone was saying that bootleg. That's yeah. a whole nother rant I can go on as far as like Warner Brothers. Even planning to release a trailer. What were you not, thinking? Exactly. I mean, their <laughs> plan was for Monday, but even that was still too soon. I mean, I actually like the trailer. I'm excited for Batman v Superman, but I think it was a mistake to release it within a few days from The Force Awakens, let alone the day after. It just got
0: buried. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not even close. And I, you know, I kind of like that teaser. And I've heard some people saying, like, oh man, I was expecting so much more from that, and it's such a letdown. And again, I'm like, yeah, but the movie is still a year away, um, so you shouldn't even really be expecting to see that much from it at this point. I mean, it's kind of like the first teaser we saw for The Force Awakens, yeah. except that teaser was still way cooler than this teaser. Um, by, by that, I mean the first Force Awakens teaser was cooler than this Batman teaser. But um,
1: I was just excited to you know. see the only thing I was looking for in the Batman v Superman trailer was to see Batman and how Ben Affleck looked. And Batman looks awesome. Ben Affleck looks great as Batman. So I was happy. So I didn't have to do much more than that to make me satisfied as a teaser trailer. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was all right. And I'm kind of looking forward to that movie too. So I, I didn't mind it. But it just – it didn't hold a candle to no, it Han and you know Chewie were home. Uh, you know, it's just – not really? even close. It's like, crazy when you think should about it. should have just held off on that.
1: It's like Trailer Weekend. I and mean, we you got Star Wars, which was the king of them all. Then you got Batman v Superman. Then you had Fantastic Four on Sunday. Then you had Jurassic World on Monday. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was crazy how many of these trailers came out like on the heels of the Force Awakens trailer.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I still haven't watched that new Fantastic Four trailer yet because – I mean, to be honest, I'm not that excited for that movie. Like, the trailers have just not impressed me that much. It looks like Interstellar with superpowers, and they haven't even shown that many superpowers. <laughs> so, um, I don't they do know. no I
1: mean, more superpowers in the second one, I will say that.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, I'll probably just wait and see after that comes out, like, see how the reviews are. And if people say, like, oh, wow, it's really good, then maybe I'll go check it out. But, I mean, those aren't characters that I, I – particularly care for anyways i mean i'm not saying they're like super dull or or anything like that but um you know as far as the superhero movies and shows and stuff that i want to watch like fantastic four is not near the top of my list and so i'm just not particularly excited for that movie but the new jurassic world trailer um man like I was definitely more excited for that than I was for the, the Batman V Superman one. So
1: really, um, <laughs>
0: yeah, just because it showed a lot more stuff and I'm just more, at least as of right now, I think I'm more excited for that movie. Just, I mean, it comes out in June. So, um, I mean the, the movies that I'm most excited for, for the rest of this year, um, definitely it's like force awakens is top of the list by a mile, but then, you know, Avengers age of Ultron and then uh, Jurassic world is probably right beneath that. So, Um, anyway, yeah, that's, that's some of the other, uh, movies and stuff we have to look forward to just while we're waiting in the meantime,
1: like the non big Um, star Wars stuff that happened this weekend. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, anything that happened this past weekend in pop culture and entertainment news that wasn't star Wars was not front page news. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, now, I guess I'll get to the the one other big thing that we're going to cover on this episode. And by the way, if any of you guys are thinking like, oh, well, you didn't cover everything yet. We're going to do two episodes um, in our, our celebration recap coverage. Um, we'll hopefully do one maybe early next week where we'll talk about um, a lot of the Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars stuff that uh, we got to see there. Um, hopefully, we'll try to get a uh, guest on for our next episode as well. Maybe one of the people that we stayed with at celebration, because those guys were all cool. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll uh, you know have some other people who've got some neat insights and stuff into uh, Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, as, as for for this episode right now, the one other thing we want to close with, close out with besides the movies, um, and for me, you guys all know this was the one other thing that I was really looking forward to at celebration and that was star Wars battlefront. Um, and, uh, man, yeah, that was just another really cool, really exciting reveal. I barely was able to sneak into that panel Friday morning. Yeah.
1: First I was going to say, you got to say how you got into the panel. (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah, I, got to give a, a big shout out to, uh, my friend Joey, uh, who, you know, Jason and I know uh, from here in Tucson, and he uh, met up with us out there. And um, he and Tim and I were all going to go to the pa- the Battlefront panel together uh, Friday morning. Um, and uh, there was a massive line. Uh, Joey was ahead of us in line, so he was able to get inside, get seats, and he was trying to save seats for us. But then um, it was just so filling up so fast. They were making everybody move in and uh, fill up the space. And so Joey texted me and said... Uh, you know, the the seats are filling up and, uh, you know, I can't keep saving these seats for you guys. Um, And it's filling up pretty fast, except there's like one section of reserved seats that's still completely empty. Now, Tim and I, because we're, you know, working on our podcast and stuff, we have media passes. And so I'm thinking, oh, there's a section of reserved seats in there. Are those reserved for media? Like, I don't know, let me go check. And I'm like, Tim, hold my spot in line. So I just go, you know, walk up to the front of the line where they're letting people in through the door. And I asked one of the guys who's letting everybody in, um, I asked if they had reserved seating for media. Um, And he said, well, at first he said yes, but then he's like, wait, hold on, let me check because I think we're starting to fill up those seats now um but then he was like yeah okay you can go ahead and he kind of held the line and there was one other lady who came up and like had a staff badge and so he let the two of us in and then everybody else kept coming in afterwards and I texted Tim and was like get up here right now like (laughs) in all caps um but then unfortunately yeah like by the time you got up there I mean I guess maybe they had filled those seats already or something but they wouldn't let you in but um yeah I was just like man it's a good thing I thought to just ask if I could, uh, you know, get in with a media pass. That was like the one thing all weekend that I got, you know, exclusive access to or something because of that badge.
1: Yeah. Because Um, where we were online, there was no way we were getting in. Oh yeah.
0: But I mean, I felt bad for the people even behind us because when we got to that line, I mean, if you guys can kind of picture this, this like this really long hallway, um, outside this big, uh, you know, the, the digital stage was just like this big theater room. um, and the the door that they were letting people in through was kind of in the middle of the room. So it's kind of right in the middle of the hallway. Um, so we see the door and then the line is going all the way back down to the end of the hall. Um, and when we got in line, um, you know, we, we basically were in the line at the point where the line kind of hit the end of the hallway and started curving back around. Um, but then, you know, we were maybe in line for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, before I walked back up the line to see if I could get in with my media pass. So as I'm walking back up the line, by that point, you know, I see how much longer it had gotten behind us. And it had like curved around at the end of the hallway and gone like all the way back up down the other way. Um, and I'm like, man, I knew we had a slim chance of getting in, but these people just have no chance at all. And I feel bad that they're even standing here like wasting their time. But
1: yeah, nice that one of the staff members told them like, no, just leave. <laughs> you have no shot at getting in. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was crazy. The The funny thing about this is, I I guess I didn't realize just how much other people were excited for this game, because, um, you know, I've, I've probably said on here before, like, I think I've probably spent more time playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 than any other video game in my entire life. So, I mean, I'm, you know, needless to say, I'm a huge Battlefront fan. I was hugely excited for this game, but I didn't think... That we'd have to wait in line for this long for this thing. I mean, we got there, what, maybe like eight or nine o'clock in the morning before the convention opened. Um, and it opened at 10, and the panel was at 10 30. So we weren't necessarily in line for that panel specifically um, at like nine o'clock or whatever. But we were, you know, waiting in line to get into the convention when it opened, and then, of course, headed straight up there. And I was like, man, I didn't realize there were all these other people who were. As excited for Battlefront as I am, which is awesome because then when the game comes out, like I'll have plenty of people to shoot down online and (laughs) stuff like that. But, um, yeah, at the same time, I was like, man, I should have gotten up earlier because we're not going to get a spot. But I was able to sneak in there just as they were starting the trailer. Um, And, you know, definitely if you guys haven't seen the new Star Wars Battlefront trailer yet and you're looking forward to that game, um, again, what are you waiting for? Go check that trailer out because it just looks awesome um, the, the visuals look great. It's all, uh, you know, it's kind of a cinematic trailer, except it's all with in-game engine footage. So it's not a gameplay trailer necessarily, but, um, it, it basically looks pretty close to how the in-game graphics are going to look. Um, because it's, you know, like I said, using all the same, uh, models and the same, uh, engine and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just demonstrating uh, sort of some of how the, the mechanics and stuff are going to work where um, you see all these rebel soldiers in a forest and then, you know, some Imperials come swooping by on speeder bikes. And next thing you know, they're all in a firefight with some stormtroopers. And then uh, there's an ATST, and and uh, Celestin grabs a, a jetpack and a rocket launcher and flies up in the air and blows the head off the thing. Um they're, they've also got like these cool little portable shield generators that they're using. And then an ATAT shows up, you know, just marching through the forest and, uh, you know, the, the rebels can't take it down with their weapons. So they call in an airstrike and some Y wings fly overhead and bomb the thing and blow it up. And then Darth Vader shows up to stop them. And then, uh, you can get some brief glimpses of, um, like Tatooine and Hoth and some of the other playable environments in the game. um, And then yeah, so that was how they kicked off the panel. And then uh, yeah, they didn't give out a whole lot of info on the game, but they did say it'll be coming out uh, November seventeenth of this year. So we'll have a good month to waste all our free time playing that game online before the Force Awakens comes out. Because I mean, I guarantee you, that's pretty much all I'll be doing from November (laughs) seventeenth to December eighteenth. Is like eat, sleep go to work and play Star Wars Battlefront um, and watch Force Awakens teasers over and over and over again and pre-order tickets and, you know, all the rest of that good stuff. But um, yeah, so so that's when the game's coming out. Um, they did announce that um, in, I want to say, December 8th, uh, they're releasing free DLC for the game, uh, which includes the Battle of Jakku, uh, which sounds really cool because it's basically when you see that first shot of the episode seven trailer with the crashed X-Wing and the crashed star destroyer and everything. Um, they said this battle of Jakku takes place like right after return of the Jedi. But the wreckage of that battle is what you're seeing in the beginning of that trailer. And, you know, of course you're going to see it in the movie. And so, um, it's like, Oh, and I think they also said that the story of that battle is going to be exclusive to star Wars battlefront. Um, and so it's like, yeah, a, a sort of a, a unique little part of the Star Wars story is just going to be playable through this game, and you'll get to get online before uh, the movie comes out and get to play through this battle that uh, takes place before the movie. So that should be, uh, you know, really cool to be a part of. Um, I'm trying to think what else they actually revealed at the panel because there's been a lot of other info that's come out since then. Um, but let me just find it in our Twitter feed here.
1: Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing, like you said, was the Battle of Jakku. I mm-hmm. think to the DLC, at least for me, I think from the besides the trailers, that was the big thing that got me excited for Battlefront. Because, like you said, I mean, we were talking about that first shot from the Force Awakens teaser, and how awesome that is to see a Star Destroyer just crash in this planet's surface and the sand. Um, to actually play to see how that's going to happen. And then not to mention all the other part of battles that were going on in that planet where I mean, there's, I crashed X wing and there's concept art of that other like stuff that we've seen in those images. I mean, just to get a chance to play that is going to be so cool. I mean, to, how awesome would it be to be like, if, Like, the main mission of that, whether, like, if you're on the Rebellion side, where it's to take down that Star Destroyer and to bring it down into the planet's surface. I mean, to actually play that a month before, or not even a month, because it's DLC coming out on December 8th. And also, too, I think if you pre-order the game, it comes out a week earlier on December 1st. Mm -hmm. So, if you get a good few weeks to play that actual battle before you see the aftermath of that battle in The Force Awakens, I think it's just really cool. Just kind of a smart marketing thing to do for the game. So, yeah. The Battle of Jakku, I think, probably, besides from the trailer looking awesome,
0: this probably the big highlight for me as far as that Battlefront panel goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, they also did say, you know, I found uh, some of the stuff I was live tweeting here during the panel. Um, they confirmed that it will have uh, first-person and third-person uh, playable views in the game, uh, which one of the developers who was there at the panel said, you know, that's one of the things that he sees the most in his Twitter feed as far as, like, uh, features that people want to see in the game uh, because they've said it's going to be a first person shooter. And a lot of people who are you know, longtime fans of Battlefront are like, oh, we want to be able to still play in third person. Um, so they did confirm you'll be able to play in first person and third person. They also confirmed playable Jedi heroes. Um, and the only ones they've confirmed, I, I think the only ones specifically they've confirmed at this point are Darth Vader and Boba Fett, because those are the guys you see in the trailer. But I mean, Obviously, you gotta think that if nothing else, I think on the rebel side you'll be able to play as like Luke Han and Chewie, Um, and I'm sure they'll at least hopefully be you know even more than that. Um, They also said that the planet Solus will be in the game, uh, and that's pretty cool. We've heard that you know the name mentioned before. Obviously, you've got the Solustins. Um, but also in Return of the Jedi, you know, Darth Vader asked the Emperor, you know, what of the rebel fleet massing near Solace? But we've never actually seen the planet in any canon material before. Um, and so they got to sort of work with Lucasfilm in developing the look of this planet for the first time. Um, and it's going to be they said, kind of like a volcanic world. But um, I think it's going to be a lot more sort of rocky and volcanic and not like Mustafar lava flowing everywhere volcanic.
1: Yeah, you get a quick shot of it at the very end of the trailer where you see, like, a TIE fighter flying out of that hangar and it flying yeah. over that environment and blew that solace. Cause you see, like, lava and stuff
0: coming out? Yeah, of it. I was going to say it looks a lot like Hoth because it's just kind of blue and rocky and you, I, I can't quite tell if there's snow in there or not. But then it also does look like there's some some lava breaking out in some point. So it could, you know, that could also very well be solace too. Um But yeah, so that should be cool to see that new planet in there, um, as well as Jakku, obviously. Um, And I think that was just about all the uh, all the info they gave out at the panel itself. Um, Yeah, and like we said, you know, you pre order it a week early, you get the Jakku DLC. Uh, or you pre-order the game, you get the Jakku DLC a week early, and then uh, yeah, that it ties right in there to the story of the Force Awakens. Um, now, how
1: cool was it though at the panel where they gave away like three PS4s or exclusive Battlefront PS4s just for some random people in their seats? Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> just, well yeah, yeah that was funny me. because they said I don't I don't know if it was actually a, a Battlefront edition like console of the PS4, but it was in like this cool Battlefront okay. box with this. Uh, you know, yeah, have like, this cool panel thing. on the front that like slid off and it had a, a stormtrooper on the box and everything. Um, and then inside the box was a PS4 and then a, a copy of a, or, you know, a code to download a free copy of the game when it comes out. Um, and they said, uh, you know, three lucky people have like a ticket for this, uh, on the bottom of their chair and you've never seen a room of 2000 people duck <laughs> under their seats so quickly before. Um, yeah i I started to reach around under my seat I'm like, I don't think it's there because I don't feel anything but just to be safe, I pulled out the flashlight on my phone and started checking then I you know a few other people around me were like, Hey, while well, you're down there, can you check under mine um, but <laughs> like I, sure,
1: but I keep the ticket <laughs> <laughs> exactly right,
0: but I didn't find a ticket on my chair or anybody else's but yeah, that was pretty cool that they were uh you know giving those away already um. And now, the only question for me... I mean, as cool as it was that they were giving away PS4s, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get an Xbox One at this point just because I have more friends who have Xbox Ones. And I'm not trying to just be, like, you know, follow the crowd and do whatever my friends are doing. But with an online game like Battlefront, um, I'm going to get the console where I have the most people to play online with and, you know, form our own little rogue squadron and everything (laughs) like that. So, um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. But the question is now, like do I just buy an Xbox one now or do I wait till closer when the game comes out to see if they release like a a special edition battlefront console? Cause um, that would definitely be something I would want to have, especially since I'm basically buying a console for this game. Um, And, you know, I've said it since the day this game was announced. Like if I don't have one of the new consoles before the game comes out, I'm getting one the day it comes out so I can play that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes sense for them to have a special edition, I think, Battlefront console. I mean, they already sort of have one with this PS4 giveaway that they did, but yeah, it makes sense to do it on a wider release for both consoles, I would think. Because it's yeah. definitely going to be one of the biggest games to come out this year, so you know oh, they want to park
0: it In fact, I think I mentioned this on a recent episode, too. I was like, if they can come out with a limited edition Star Wars console for the Kinect Star Wars game, like they can do one for Battlefront. Yeah. That's for darn sure to actually have a good game. And yeah. Play with it. Now that's the only info that they gave away at uh, the panel itself. But of course, now that the the cat's out of the bag, so to speak, and they've uh, sort of revealed the game a little bit more, um, you know, some various gaming sites and stuff have been able to uh, you know get some interviews and the developers with dice, or yeah, the developers at Dice have been. Uh, answering fan questions on social media and stuff and so there's been a little bit more information that's come out about the game uh some of it which has some people worried um yeah
1: you might include me in that group
0: (laughs) yeah well i think the the disappointing thing is that the game just seems like it won't have as many features as we hoped it would they have confirmed um that at launch they're not including prequel content they're not including space battles Um, and that the game doesn't really have a, uh, like a single player campaign story mode, um, so to speak, but they did say there'll be, uh, some, um, basically some sort of, I guess you could say single player missions, but they'll also be, uh, playable in co-op. Um, I think they will be like, uh, playable as single player or co-op and they're just sort of these mission based or sort of like objective based missions that, are maybe have a, l- a little bit of story to them. You might be basically like replaying classic battles from the movies or something like that, but they're not, you know, it doesn't all follow like a, a one long linear campaign or anything like that. It's just kind of, um, you know, a mission here, a mission there, that kind of thing, which I guess I'm kind of okay with because like, as long as I can do something where I don't have to play online against other people, like if I want to just, practice my own skills or whatever and you know shoot some stormtroopers or something, I can do that. Um the the lack of prequel content is kind of disappointing. I mean especially because I know on some earlier episodes you were kind of worried about that and I was like, dude, chill out. There's no way they're making a battlefront game without the Battle of Geonosis. And then I was like, wait, what? They're actually making a battlefront game without the Battle of Geonosis and Kashyyyk and all this other kind of <laughs> stuff. Um now, I mean, I have a couple theories about this. I know some people who hate EA are going to just, you know, be real quick to jump on them and saying, oh, they're excluding all this content that they're going to release as DLC later and it's just a cash grab and they want all your money and rah, 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 um, Which, of course, is always a possibility, but I don't think that's the main factor here. I think part of it is... Well, part of it could be um, that... You know, obviously, I'm sure Disney and EA are kind of putting some pressure on them here to get this game done. You know, and have it out before uh, Episode Seven comes out. And I think they probably made the decision at Dice, which I can't say I necessarily disagree with. I kind of like this if this is the decision they're going with, that rather than make a big, expansive game that covers the entire Star Wars saga, and then because they're on such a tight deadline it's all you know buggy and uh you know unbalanced or whatever when it first comes out and has a lot of issues they're focused on making the best game they possibly can and just doing it on a smaller scale um in fact i believe they've confirmed that um the game is just going to have four planets at launch which is going to be Tatooine, Endor, Hoth, and Sullust, and then of course they're adding Jakku as DLC like um, you know less than a month later. Um, and so I mean I guess you know if they if it really is just an issue of uh, time, then you know I, I would rather see them focus on quality over quantity. Because um, as much as I would love to play prequel era battles, and as much as I would love to have space battles, I mean that was really kind of the big disappointing one for me like i could deal without prequel content especially because you know with uh you know all the the yearly sequels that come out for these big shooter games nowadays i'm sure we'll have uh i guess maybe another star wars battlefront 2 in a couple more years from now and i was like they can make that one focus on the prequels but uh the the lack of space combat is kind of disappointing for me although at least they did confirm there will be aerial battle. So you can still dogfight with X-Wings and TIE Fighters, and they also confirm the, the Millennium Falcon will be playable in the game. Um, and, you know, hopefully there'll be some Y-Wings and A-Wings and TIE Bombers and all that other fun stuff. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm glad that that at least is still going to factor into it. But, I mean, it's Star Wars, and so you got to have some wars in the stars. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, again, this is like maybe it's coming later through... Um, DLC, maybe it's just, you know, they're going to make a sequel at some point and add that stuff later. Because the original Star Wars Battlefront didn't have space battles either, but I think that was one of the things people most wanted to see in Battlefront 2, and then they added it, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about that game, so.
1: Yeah, see, the thing that gets me about all this stuff that we're not getting, because we're in this new generation of consoles, and this Battlefront seems like we're taking a step back from what we got two console generations ago with the first Xbox and PS2 with Battlefront 2, with space battles and all this content packed in with OT levels and PT levels, and now we're just getting only four planets, no space battles, no single-player campaign. So it's just making me think, is it because of this console generation that we're in where it's just, like, to create these detailed environments that it's so much more expensive and that it's going to take more time and... To get it out before the force awakens though so they just really have to focus on these four planets and that's it i mean yeah you would rather have a great gameplay and a better game that's not buggy than a lot of content and levels where the gameplay is not fun and it just doesn't work. But at the same time too, I just can't help feeling that, like I said, it's taken a step back from what should be an advancement in the Battlefront series that we got two console generations ago. So that's where it just makes me just be disappointed with it in a bit. And like you said, we may get this in like the new Star Wars Battlefront 2 or as DLC, but yeah, I just can't but help but feeling disappointed with hearing this news that, this is really all we're going to get <laughs> when the game launches. I mean, of course, I'm still going to get it. I'm excited for it. I mean, it looks awesome. I'm sure it's going to play awesome. But um, just the fact that we're not getting as much as we got previously when, I mean, we're in two console generations before than what we got in Battlefront 2. And let alone the tech demos we saw for Battlefront 3 that <laughs> from Free Radical where we were seeing Um, X-Wing ships go into the atmosphere and out into space and vice versa go into space into the planet that stuff looked awesome I mean I was hoping that that would be something they would incorporate into this battlefront but now it's not so it just gets puzzles me a little bit as far as like all this technology we have now with these new consoles but yet it's pretty like bare bones and basics that we're gonna get with this first battlefront anyway. So I don't know, I guess I'll have to try to get over, it, but I just couldn't help but being disappointed when I heard that news of like no prequels, no space battles, and no single player campaign.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I will admit, like even though I'm mostly optimistic about it, um, and I've I've actually seen some of the gameplay footage, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but um You know, some of this stuff is still kind of disappointing, especially, I mean, I read something from one of the the DICE developers and they were asking him about the the lack of space combat in this game. Um, And he said, you know, well, we had to really take a look at, like, what we wanted to include and think about what's fun for the players. And, like, yeah, everybody says they want space combat, but if we do something where you can go, like, from... Land to space, like, is that really going to be fun if you get in a spaceship and go up into space and then everybody else is still fighting on the ground? Like, then there's going to be nobody for you to fight up in space. And it's like, well, that's why you add in, you know, you still keep bots in there like they had in the original Battlefront. But you know, all these shooters nowadays are so focused on just like multiplayer, multiplayer, multiplayer. And plus, it's Um, 40
1: player multiplayer and some of the modes where you got 20 versus 20, which I mean, if you want to have 10 on the ground, 10 in the space, if you want something like that i think there'd be enough players even if they didn't want to do bots
0: yeah um and you know i've heard some people criticizing that too that they're like oh it's only going to be 20 versus 20 whereas um you know a lot of these games nowadays are like 32 versus 32 and so um it, like i said i i think it could be the time constraints that are hurting them but then it also could be just the amount of time and effort and care and attention to detail that they're putting into just sort of the look and feel of it. Um, I mean, they, they said that they wanted this to be like the best looking and the best sounding video game of all time and the best, or, you know, like the most immersive star Wars experience. And, um, you know, of course at the panel, they talked more about some of the stuff we've seen before where they're um, traveling to, the, the forests where they shot Endor and the places in Iceland where they shot uh, Tatooine or uh, Tatooine uh, Hoth and you know the deserts where they shot Tatooine and uh, photographing the environments and uh, you know just trying to really get these details nailed down and everything and on the one hand I think it's paying off terrifically because uh, again I'll, I'll talk more about the gameplay specifically just in a minute but like in the gameplay demo we got to see just the the environment of Endor looked fantastic. Um, And at first I was like, holy crap, like, is this actually a video game? And this is what this is actually going to look like. Um, But I think, you know, spending that much time developing that kind of stuff is probably, you know, limiting obviously the amount of time they can spend developing uh, the gameplay mechanics for space combat and all that kind of stuff, and also I mean maybe it's just putting a strain on the processing power of the game or of the console or whatever, so that maybe uh you know with such detailed environments it can only handle uh forty players and not sixty four or something like that so um i I guess i've you know I'm still excited for this game, I've just kind of lowered my expectations a little bit because it almost really seems like with um with the amount of effort and attention to detail that they're putting into this on the technical side and that the you know the fact that they really are kind of building a, a brand new battlefront game from the ground up they're not really just making a sequel to battlefront 2 they're kind of trying to take some of those core gameplay mechanics from the battlefront game but really or from the the original battlefront games but really do something new for this generation of consoles and everything and um, you know really make it faithful to the original trilogy i mean i almost see this as a a a test run or like a a really big fancy demo almost Mm. um because if it's if it's just gonna have four planets but they all look really fantastic um then i'm gonna be like okay this is great Uh, it's, it's not big enough, but it's really fun and it looks fantastic and sounds fantastic. So in two or three years, I'm just going to trust that you guys can like streamline the technology enough that you can make a sequel that's still got all this great tech in it, but you know, twice as many planets and space combat and a single player story campaign. Um, so, I mean, that that's sort of my hope for it. Like, I'm almost already looking forward to uh, the DICE Battlefront 2. But I'm also, I'm still yeah. excited for this game for sure. Yeah, at um, least we because, know now to
1: kind of keep, we know where to keep our expectations for now that we got this info now. Just yeah. Try not yeah, to focus and, on what we're not getting, but try to be excited for what we are getting with it. Because what we are getting does look awesome.
0: D- yeah, see, that's the thing is, um, you know, with some games you would hear stuff like that and go like, oh man, like, I don't even want to buy this game anymore. Cause it's just not going to have all the stuff I want in it. And it just doesn't sound all that great and everything. But the thing that makes me still hopeful about this is while it may have a, a disappointing lack of some features that we want to see in it, it's like the stuff that is still in it looks really good. Um, and, you know, at the, the first big panel on Friday, they didn't show any actual gameplay footage. They just showed that trailer. Um, but then Immediately after that panel, they opened up their booth down on the show floor where you could go in and actually see a gameplay demo. Um, Now, the line for this thing was massive, like, every time we went by there. Um, And it was definitely on my checklist of things that I had to do for the weekend. Like, even though I had seen the trailer... Um, I was like, man, I'm super excited for this Battlefront game and I cannot leave celebration until I've seen the actual gameplay footage. Um, and so, you know, Friday, the line was super long. We're like, okay, we'll come back Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday morning, the line was already huge. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll have to come back earlier on Sunday and, you know, get in line even earlier um and even you know went back to check like later in the day on Washington well, no I didn't go back to check later in the day on Saturday because we spent almost the entire day Saturday in line for the Star Wars Rebels yeah. <laughs> premiere but that was totally worth it and it was a lot of fun oh yes um but yeah so Sunday morning rolls around um I got to the convention maybe I don't know 30 40 minutes before it opened or something got in line um and by the time I got in, there was already like a ton of people who were waiting to get in before me. So by the time I got to that Battlefront booth, the line was almost as long as it had been the rest of the weekend. <laughs> um, it, it was Same backed man. up to the front of the food court instead of the end of the food court. Um, <laughs> a little progress. <laughs> a little progress. And I was like, well, I'm just going to bite the bullet and sit here in line and hope it doesn't take too long. And, uh, you know, so that's where I was when Tim was at the the Rogue One panel. Um, And I was like, well, I'm going to be in line for a while, but I'd rather see the Battlefront footage than be at this Rogue One panel where they're not really going to show much. And then, of course, like I said, I saw your tweets and was like, they showed a trailer and I'm just sitting in line here (laughs) waiting for this. But... Um, no, it was really cool though. I mean, I, you know, again, it was one of those things where, um, you know, you're waiting in line with a bunch of other people and you kind of just start chatting with people about the, the force awakens trailer and, uh, you know, some of the other cool stuff that's going on. And so makes the time pass a little bit faster. And I also had heard from someone that our line was like the estimated wait time was like three hours and 20 minutes or something like that. Um, okay. but I think I made it through the line in about two, maybe two and a half hours. So, um, it wasn't too bad by ridiculously long celebration line standards. Um, you know, we we definitely spent more time than that in line for the uh, the rebels premiere on Saturday, but um, yeah, so I, I waited you know two hours in line for this thing. Finally, get inside, and they were letting people in in like groups of like fifty at a time, um, and so the line was like really long. But then we'd move up in in pretty big segments at a time. So it was moving kind of quick, even though it was, it was super long, but we get in there and it was cool because it was kind of this big round circular room. And from the outside of the booth, like from the show floor, all you could see was just kind of this big banner, uh, going around the outside of the thing with the, what I'm assuming is going to be the box art for the game on there with the star Wars battlefront logo. And, um, it's like a rebel soldier staring down an at on, uh, I think it's on Sullis because, you know, you can see some lava coming out of these rocks and stuff. But then you get inside the thing, um, and they basically built it like the the Home One conference room, um, you know, from Return of the Jedi, where, like, Akbar gives the briefing before they go attack the second Death Star. So it's this big white circular room where we're all kind of sitting just, like, on these, on these round steps. Um, then they had, like, a... a Star Wars looking conference table in the middle of the room and then just a giant screen on the wall behind it. Um and so I've got some pictures of that. You know what we should do Tim? We should like make a an album or something on uh on our Facebook page and have both of us just like put a bunch of our pictures in there. Yeah, um, so you've got a lot of cool stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you were showing me those pictures of inside of the booth, it looked really cool. Uh, it was like home one and then like all I needed was Akbar-Man Masma there. <laughs> yeah, the exactly.
0: Second. Um, but yeah, so then they, they showed the actual gameplay demo, um, which was pretty cool in the sense that I was, uh, kind of assuming, like, even though they were showing this just like behind closed doors at celebration, it's not like this was at an open booth where people could just walk by and watch it. Um, like I said, it was just, you know, they let 50 people in through the door at a time, close the door, you go sit in this room and then they show the thing, um, and you know, I assumed like, oh, we just get to see it early, and then they're going to show this to the public at like E3 or something. Um, but they said this is like a celebration, celebration exclusive only. Um, they said like, oh, we're going to go back to our studio like after this convention's over and like delete this video from our servers, and so you guys are the only ones who get to see this and everything. So it was pretty cool and like super secretive. And he went on this big spiel about. Um, you know, if you record this and leak it on YouTube, like we've got cameras hidden around here. And so we will find you and we won't just kick you out, but we'll shut down the booth for the rest of the weekend. And so all you know, those hundreds of people waiting in line outside, they're not going to get to see it because of you. And we're going to take a picture of you and post your face on the outside of the booth and
1: say <laughs> Man, like, you, not
0: didn't, you didn't get to see the Battlefront footage because of this person. And you'll become the most hated person in Star Wars. Like there will be Jar Jar Binks and then there will be you.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so, yeah, like they weren't messing around, but it was also you know they're they're being pretty entertaining about it, but um, yeah, so anyway, so um the the entire gameplay demo takes place on Endor, um, but, man, like I said, just from the the beginning, like when you first see the player take control and start moving the camera around, I was like, Oh my gosh, these graphics are <laughs> phenomenal.'
1: And so how close would you say that gameplay demo you saw resembled the trailer that they showed at the panel?
0: It's pretty darn close. Um, I mean, it's a little bit hard to tell because, you know, obviously with the 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 trailer, you know, it's all staged and, and cinematic sure, yeah. and everything. And so there were no, uh, I mean, at least I don't think I saw any guys with like rocket jetpacks and stuff flying around and, you know, doing all that kind of cool stuff that you see in the trailer. But um, I mean, as, as far as the graphics itself, it looked maybe not exactly as good as the trailer, but pretty darn close. Um, and so, you know, it starts off with uh, just a group of rebel soldiers. Um, it's and the uh, the main character that they're playing as starts off like from a first person view, but throughout the demo, they kind of switch back and forth between the first and the third person, so you can see both, and they both look pretty good. Um, And then of course, you know, your, your squad of rebels is like running through the jungle. And then you see some, some speeder bikes come by kind of like in the trailer. Um, But you see like a couple of Imperials on speeder bikes, chasing one of your rebel guys on a speeder bike going by. And then a bunch of stormtroopers come out and uh, you know, you start a firefight with those guys. And um, I mean, just the, the shooting mechanics and everything looked like a lot of fun. It basically looked Pretty much exactly how I would have expected a a modern day first person shooter version of Battlefront to look. Um just in terms of like the um I don't know, the the shooting mechanics and the the HUD graphics and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the the targeting targeting reticule and all that. Um so you know that, that was pretty much all just like par for the course for modern shooters. There was some pretty cool visual effects. Again, when you know, just sort of talking about the the level of uh, detail and everything that they put into this, like you're shooting stormtroopers and you see like puffs of smoke and sparks and stuff coming off their armor, just like how it would look with the uh, you know the practical effects that they used in the original movies. Um, so you know they're they're. Taking out some stormtroopers. I don't remember if there was an ATST in the demo like there was in the trailer, um, but they did have an ATAT show up and you know come stomping through the jungle towards the player, um, and you see it kind of taking out some of the other rebel guys. And then uh, I think there might be kind of a, a cover mechanic in this game because you could see the player was definitely like ducking down behind logs and stuff, and then like poking up over the top to to shoot stormtroopers and everything.
1: That'd be cool. Cause I love um, those type of games where you can cover like Gears of War. So always make it more fun for yeah, third person mode anyway.
0: Yeah. And I couldn't quite tell if it was a situation where, you know, you have a specific button to like slide into cover or something, or if they just happen to be good at like crouching behind logs. Um, <laughs> But either way, I mean, that could definitely add an, an interesting new mechanic to it. But one thing that was really cool, and, uh, you know, of course, like I said, they talked about having, trying to make this like a really good sounding game as well. Um, the, so the players like crouch down behind a log. You see this ATAT coming at them in the distance, and it's like firing at them. And these laser blasts are like hitting the log right in front of them, um, you know, kicking up fire and explosions into the air. And the sound effects were just so crisp and and clear and everything like and of course we're sitting in a room with some really good like dolby surround sound speakers or whatever but even though i could see these laser blasts coming still like every time an explosion would go off i would jump like just because of the sound from it i'm like oh man like it sounds (laughs) like a walker is shooting at me um so yeah looks really good sounds really good and then the the player has to go and uh you know, find like a terminal that they have to crouch behind and basically, you know, it's like hold X for three seconds or whatever. Well, a circle meter fills up without getting shot. And then, uh, you know, it calls in an airstrike and the Y wings fly over and bomb the thing. Um, and then, so you get a bunch of, uh, you know, rebel troopers, they kind of regroup head down into this bunker. Um, And, uh, as one of them like runs ahead of the the player that you're seeing from the perspective of one of them runs ahead and then suddenly gets like levitated into the air. Um, and then the player turns the corner and you see Darth Vader there, um, you know, holding the other guy up in a force choke. And then he like flings him against the wall and then starts walking towards the camera. The player starts shooting at him and Vader's just deflecting the laser blast with his lightsaber. And then, uh, you know, swings his lightsaber at the camera, basically, like he's just about to kill the player and it just, you know, cuts to the logo and that was kind of the end of the demo. Um, But, you know, looked like I said, the gameplay looked like a lot of fun. It looked a little bit different from, you know, some of the previous Battlefront games too in the sense that it didn't really look like they had specific classes where you've got, you know, like your regular trooper and then your heavy trooper and your sniper and all that kind of stuff. Um, So like
1: when the demo started, there wasn't like a class selection screen where it's like cycling through different soldiers to pick from it just kind of started already in the battle type thing
0: yeah well it also i mean even if there was something like that i don't think we would have seen it because it's not like it started from a menu screen or star wars battlefront press start or anything like that um it just started from yeah in that jungle environment um but there were a couple of different times where the uh, the player would collect, like, a power-up or something and it would give you that little portable shield or suddenly you'd have a missile launcher or something like that. Um, so it almost seems like rather than, um, you know, st- starting with a specific class that has certain weapons, you'll probably just be able to, like, pick up weapons or power-ups or something on the battlefield. Or it'll, you know, it might be something like... Um, in some of the more recent call of duty games too, where you kind of get to create your own class loadouts almost, or, you know, you're your on different classes and mm-hmm. stuff where, um, you know, you've, you've, got your different like weapon loadout saved that you can, uh, when you die and respawn, it's like, Oh, I'm going to switch to my guy that's got the pistol and the rocket launcher instead of the uh, shotgun and the sniper rifle or whatever. Um, So, you know, I I definitely don't think there'll be, like, a fixed class system, but it'll be interesting to see um, if you can, like, load your own weapons into the game or if you just have to find them scattered around the battlefield or whatever. But, yeah, there definitely was one point when um, the guy picked up a rocket launcher. He also picked up a sniper rifle, and the, uh, yeah, just the the shooting mechanics for that looked really cool and just the, uh, you know, the scope view and everything um, as he was picking off some stormtroopers. He threw a grenade, too, and, uh, yeah, it was... Basically, you know, same old thermal detonator. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the gameplay itself was kind of what I expected, you know, just sort of par for the course. Like, if you, if you were to imagine um, sort of the core shooting mechanics of Star Wars Battlefront sort of uh, brought up to speed for, you know, 2015 and, uh, you know, to match like all the, the battlefields and the Call of Duties and stuff that we have now, it's pretty much what I expected from that. Um and then just the the visuals and the audio was just mind blowing <laughs>
1: um
0: so again, like i said the the game seems like they might be kind of going for a smaller scale for uh just you know for this first game um and you know we'll see how it pans out hopefully there's still enough content in there at launch for it to be uh you know entertaining and uh, fulfilling and not feel like uh just a really pretty uh demo that's you know really cool and really fun to play but only has like a couple of maps or whatever they did confirm that um even though there's going to be four planets all they've said is that there will be more than eight maps i don't know how many more than eight because i'm like yeah i sure hope there'll be more than eight maps but you know it sounds like there'll be at least two on every planet um and you know that, that was again something that I just kind of assumed once we heard there would only be four planets in there. Well, I'm, you know, I was like, well, I sure hope there's going to be you know, more than just uh, one map per each of these planets. Yeah, but it four maps like
1: for the whole game? Like, no? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think
0: so. But it sounds like there'll be at least eight. But they, I mean, they've said there'll be more than eight, and again, they haven't said how many more. But they also keep talking about. Um, they've kind of indirectly said some things like they're working on various different uh, gameplay modes and that the size of the maps will kind of be affected by the different gameplay modes and what the objectives are and that all that sort of thing. So hopefully there's enough variety, even just on those four planets that they can uh, you know, squeeze a lot of maps and gameplay modes and things out of that so that we can, you know, there'll be plenty of content to kind of mix and match and get a lot of uh, playability out of it. Um, so again, you know, with with some of that info um you know some of it can be taken as a little bit disappointing but for me it's more just like okay lower my expectations a little bit i'm not expecting like as much content as there was in star wars battlefront 2 but with everything you know revamped to like look fantastic on the next gen consoles um but it's just like okay you know scale back the expectations a little bit but at least the stuff that they are working on looks really good so far so um, you know, of course, E3 is coming up in, like, a couple of months here, so I'm sure we'll see more from it at that. Um, and then, you know, at more and more uh, gaming events and stuff coming up to launch. So I'm still very excited for the game. Um, you know, definitely was impressed with the stuff that they showed off there at Celebration. So, um, yeah, just uh, still cannot wait for that game.
1: Cool. So overall, a good first impression as far as their grand like coming out party for battlefront at celebration and i
0: yeah yeah definitely and you know it's almost a shame that like all that information had to kind of get out online at the same time as all the stuff that was going on at celebration because you know if we were going just by the the panel and the trailer and the gameplay footage that they showed there um you know I, i would be like even more excited for it than i am right now because you know, there's not really anything to. There wouldn't have really been anything to drag that down, because um, all that stuff just, you know, looked great just as a first impression. So um, that that pretty much met what I was hoping to see there, um, as far as uh, just sort of hoping to get our first look at the game. Um, you know, the trailer was great, the gameplay demo was great, um, and then, like I said, the you know some of that other stuff that's come out since then has kind of just brought my expectations down a little bit. But I still think the game is, like I said, looks fantastic, sounds fantastic. I think what is there will hopefully be a lot of fun. And honestly, I, you know, I, I hope they... or I'm glad that they're seemingly focusing on quality over quantity because I would rather play eight maps that play really well and are a lot of fun than play 16 maps that are buggy and glitchy and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is, but I'm I'm still very optimistic and uh, still very much looking forward to the game.
1: Cool. Well, glad at least one of us got to the experience because I know both of us are looking forward to Battlefront, but I think I'm safe in saying you're probably a little bit more excited than I am for the game, so it's cool that you got not only to get to the panel, but also to the see the demo of it too in the booth where the line was like hours long, so <laughs> you just got that checked off your list.
0: Yeah, man. Like getting in the end of that line, it was just like... Because it would have been a shame if none of us got to see anything for it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, as much as I wanted to go to that Rogue One panel, I was like, well, this is it. It's Sunday morning. I can't (laughs) put this off any more days because this is the last day of the convention. So I'm just going to get in line here and, uh, you know, hope for the best. Yep, We
1: trusted in the force and it all worked out.
0: (laughs) because also then later that afternoon... Um, we were going to be, of course, on the, uh, the panel for the rebels podcast with Mike and Matt and everybody over there. Um, and that was at like one thirty. So I'm sitting there in the, the battlefront line, uh, you know, looking at the time and hearing people say it's going to take three and a half hours. And I'm like, Oh man, that might be kind of pushing it. And my worst fear was that I was going to get to the very front of the line and be, like, the next one about to go in, but then it was going to be, like, one thirty, and somebody was going to call me and be like, hey, get over here for the panel. And I'm like, I don't want to skip out on the panel, but I really don't want to get out of line when I'm right in the front right now. But thankfully, that was not the case. Um, and, you know, I, I got in and out of there with probably at least an hour or so to spare. So
1: It's like those, like stuff you see in superhero movies or TV shows where like they're waiting to do something. They just get there. Then like trouble happens and they have to leave <laughs> right yeah. before they're about to do what they wanted to do. But it all worked out in the end, which
0: is great. Yeah, definitely. Um, man. So, yeah, just so much cool stuff there at Celebration. We um, I mean, only scratched the surface so far. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, we're, we're pretty much just going to cover the the biggest, most exciting stuff that we did there um obviously you know we had to talk about the force awakens we had to talk about rogue one just because you know that kind of ties in with all the other movie stuff we're talking about and then uh you know you know how much us and me especially have been uh you know super excited for Battlefront. so um definitely had to cover that stuff um i think we'll you know we can call this one right here at uh you know over two and a half hours and then we'll come back with another episode uh you know in maybe a week or so and um, talk about the the Clone Wars Bad Batch and the season two premiere, which uh, of Star Wars Rebels, which was just oh. so full of Vader and uh, <laughs> Vader awesomeness. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, we got that that Rebels panel that happened earlier that morning, and then the Untold Clone Wars panel that happened the, on Thursday. So yeah. A lot of more cool stuff to talk about from celebration and yeah. so much good stuff it's funny because like every day um i was saying oh like on thursday we had the force awakens trailer and then on friday we had the battlefront trailer saturday we had the rebels season two trailer like we had trailers for all these days but sunday we're probably not going to get anything i mean the trailer streak's going to end but no we get the rogue one trailer <laughs> that yeah day
0: like who saw that coming
1: yeah every day we had a new trailer just awesome content to pondered through and just get excited for and speculate on. Yeah. Every day was amazing at Celebration.
0: Yeah. Not to mention every day going back and watching the Force Wiggins teaser again. Yes. <laughs> and again. And again. Yeah, forget that. But, um, yeah, you know, one other uh, just brief uh, bit of news that we should mention. And of course, you know, most people probably already heard this by now because it's from before Celebration. Um, but on our last episode, we... Uh, talked about these releases of the, the digital releases of the star Wars films. And we were kind of speculating on when that might happen. And we were starting to hear a lot of rumors about it. And um, you know, we, we weren't sure when, but I think I made the guarantee, like we would hear something about it by the end of the month. And I was predicting that they probably would announce it as like the clo- at the closing ceremonies for celebration. Um, but then of course the day that we posted our last episode, they announced, like, oh, they're coming out this Friday. And, of course, that was the, <laughs> Friday, be- that was the Friday before Celebration, right? Um, two weeks. Actually. No, wait, was it the week before or two weeks? I think it was the week before because it was April 10th. Yeah, you're like right. That. You're right. It was the week before. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, if you didn't know already, now you know uh, the Star Wars movies are available on digital, on iTunes, Amazon insert your other favorite digital video platform here um i have to say i feel like they're a little pricey at like 20 bucks a piece when i've already got the blu-rays and everything so i haven't bought any of these yet but um i don't know i I might at some point just to check out some of the the special features and stuff that are included on those Um,
1: yeah me being the sucker for every new star wars (laughs) video release i got them like the 12 a.m. midnight on Friday. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right, Tim. You're like the guy that's got, what, five or six different sets of the DVDs.
1: Yep, (laughs) pretty much. So, yeah, this one was a no-brainer for me. But, yeah, I mean, the special features are cool, but they shouldn't be the reason you buy them for because they're not really that long. And but if you're someone who hasn't seen any of the DVD special features before, because those are all included with them too, and those are really cool. Like as far as uh, as far as being in one big package with the new and old special features, that'll make it worth it. But as far as the brand new stuff, I mean, they're cool. You get to see interviews with, like the special effects crew, like John Noel, Dennis Murin, and then there's a conversation with Joe Johnston. So that stuff's cool, but just not very long. So it shouldn't be the reason you get them. But I have to say, it's still just cool having. The trilogy to watch on, like, anytime you want on your phone or an iPad, or mm-hmm. I shouldn't say trilogy, the saga, <laughs> anytime you want. So, and it looks great, too. And the other big thing, too, um, on the Lucasfilm logo, we have the new fanfare, which more than likely will be playing when we see The Force Awakens. That's not the 20th Century Fox fanfare. So, I think it works. It's pretty cool. It's basically kind of like the end music theme we hear in, like, the end credits for every Star Wars movie, and even some of the trailers, too. I like, think. The thing that comes to mind, too, is the first episode one teaser where we hear that music, and they kind of take that and just make it into a new fanfare, rearrange it a little bit. So you could probably see video of it on YouTube, and I think it works. And while it's probably just going to take some getting used to. I think by the time we see more... Ah, uh, new Star Wars movies and rewatch the old ones with that logo. It'll become like second nature, where it's always been there. But for right now, it's still a little bit to get used to because the 20th Century Fox fanfare was just so iconic and just fit Star Wars perfectly. So, it's part of the change we have to get used to in this new era. But. I guess the only other thing I would say, too, anyone expecting any changes again <laughs> from the Blu-rays is uh, going to be disappointed. Whether you wanted more changes or wanted things changed it back, it's going to be exactly the same as the Blu-rays. So I remember reading rumors saying, oh, I heard they fixed uh, where Greedo doesn't shoot first. It's Han. No, Greedo still shoots first. Darth Vader still says no at the end of
0: Return of the Jedi. Which so, is the only thing I really want them to fix. Unfortunately, not yet. But like, again – I could care less who shoots first. But Vader should just keep his mouth shut yeah. as he's going the <laughs> Emperor down the pit.
1: But, but yeah, like I said, they look great digitally. I mean, I mean, the Blu-ray is still, I think, the ultimate platform to watch them on. But like I said, going anywhere, like just all of a sudden, say, you know what? I feel like watching this scene real quick from one of the movies. But the Blu-rays are over there. I don't feel like walking up and getting them. Let me just grab my phone that's right here and I'll just see the scene real quick. So <laughs> that's always nice and convenient.
0: yeah. I mean, that's true. I guess maybe I just don't travel enough to want to pay all that money just to have them on my phone because I know I'm not going to watch them that much. But at the same time, I don't know, like you said, it certainly can't hurt to to have that luxury available. So I might pick them up at some point, but um, I I, I guess I haven't just found the incentive yet. Although if they took out Darth Vader saying no, that definitely (laughs) I would be like, yep, I'll get that one. Um, Also, they should make... They, they should change uh, Wicket's eyes back to so they I could were, stop freaking you were. out. Huh? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, uh, it's like some people complain about like, oh, they made him blink. Um, and then I was watching, like, when I watched Return of the Jedi on Blu-ray for the first time, I knew that they were gonna make the, or I had heard that they made the Ewoks blink, but I think they only did it to Wicket because um, he's really the one that you see the most. The blinking didn't bother me, but they also change the look of his eyes and he's got like irises and pupils and stuff now where they used to just be like a flat black. And I don't, know for some reason that just looks really unsettling to me. And it took me a while to notice it too. I was like, okay, wait, he's blinking and that doesn't really bother me, but there's something else here that just doesn't look right. Um, And then I was like, wait, his eyes didn't look that detailed before. Did they like, they tried to, do more to those and they just look creepy. <laughs>
1: yeah, but they have these big old banners, that Celebration hanging over. There's a big one of Wicked that's like that. Like, you oh, know, Kyle, that'd be perfect to have in your room just looking at you all the time.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if I ever noticed that <laughs> the whole time we were there. I'm sure I saw, like, the Vader and Clone Trooper ones that they had and all that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's part of the thing with Celebration is it's so huge, like as much awesome stuff as there is that we got to do and that we get to talk about and everything, you know, unfortunately there's still plenty of stuff that we didn't do. do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, panels, we didn't go to cool costumes that we didn't see. I mean, I hate when like you go to a convention or something and then you see a picture online of somebody from that convention, like in a picture or, you know, you see a picture of them in a costume of your favorite character or just a, a really cool or creative or funny costume or something and you're like man how did i not see that yeah. person well because there were like tens of thousands of people there and you just were never in the same place at the same time because that's just how it happens
1: but then at the same time you see like the same like cosplayer or like throughout the whole convention every day almost. Right. <laughs> i can't tell you how many times i saw the uh wolverine boba fett or or I think it was
0: called as Bub Fett. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. It was um, cool, yeah. I did yeah, I fun. saw that guy probably at least a couple of times. There was one day that was just really weird because I saw one guy who was dressed in an outfit of like that guy from Cloud City that runs by with the ice cream maker. Yeah, I think it was like a um, bunch of them. Well, yeah, see, I saw one of them and I was like, that's kind of clever. I've never seen anybody do that costume before. And then I literally saw somebody else walk by wearing the same costume like 20 seconds later. Um, And I was like, wow, okay, I've never seen that before. Then I saw one and then right away I saw another one. And then maybe like five minutes later, I'm walking through a doorway and I was like behind two more people in that same costume. And I was like, where did they all come from all of a sudden?
1: Yeah, I think on the Star Wars live stream that they're doing, I was re-watching some of it. There's, like, something that they do like, a bunch of people who dress up as that guy with the ice cream maker. <laughs> and they, like, all get together during a celebration. Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what they do, but they all band together. Either, like, do a run or something <laughs> with their ice cream maker or I don't know. But it's like there, – it is a thing, I think, for celebration.
0: You know what else is a thing that I really wish wasn't a thing is guys dressing up in the slave of bikinis. Yeah, that's – way past old and way past disgusting <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm like do we really need to have that
1: I think I saw more guys cosplay a slave later than I did girls which is disturbing
0: <laughs> yeah well I don't know I, I think it was maybe I, I think I maybe saw a couple more girls than guys but it's just it feels like a lot of guys yeah like more than one is too many
1: yeah definitely it's like they're trying to get to it for attention. It's like, eh, it's like, every, like that's not unique anymore. Like it's not funny to begin with, but then everyone's doing it. So like, just yeah. don't bother with it anymore.
0: And I mean, I have seen a couple of cool times when you know it was like a couple, um, you know, a guy and a girl, and they switched it, and like the girl dressed up as Han and the guy dressed up as Leia. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, switching gender roles or whatever, that's kind of fun, but. Um, you know, when it, when it's like a big hairy tattooed guy and he's just like, oh, oh look at me wearing a bikini. I'm like, I'd rather not.
1: Yeah. This <laughs> especially. We also saw someone as like a the rancor keeper too. I <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, need to see that once. Also, I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have to at least give that guy credit. It was a really accurate costume. Yeah, that's
1: for sure. (laughs) Like, not
0: just the costume, but everything. He just looked exactly like him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's some of the stuff you get to see, roaming the floors of Celebration.
0: Yeah, but you also get to see, you know, plenty of Jedi and Stormtroopers and Vader's and, you know, a lot of other really cool, clever costumes. Um, So, yeah, I mean, overall, we had a ton of fun there um we'll talk a little bit more on our next episode um you know of course like i said we'll, we'll recap the uh clone wars and rebels stuff but then we'll also talk about just sort of some of our favorite highlights from the whole weekend and uh, read some responses from you guys as well um so we'll kind of finish wrapping up our whole celebration discussion with all that stuff on our next episode but for now um I just want to give a shout out to some of our listeners that we got to meet there at Celebration. Uh, Omar and Martin, and uh, especially Paul, who we waited in line with for like four hours before yeah. the Rebels premiere. Um, you know, it was great to meet you guys and hang out, and uh, you know, get to, to meet some of you guys face to face who we've interacted with on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that before. Um, also just to, uh, you know, Mike and Matt and Crystal and, uh, Jason and Carl and Riley and Bethany and everybody that we stayed with over there, um, at the, what we kind of unofficially dubbed the Thunderquack headquarters, um, you know, our house that we were staying at for celebration, uh, you know, just had a ton of fun hanging out with you guys for the whole weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean. Just such a great time. I cannot wait to be at the next celebration. I most likely won't be at the next one in London, but, uh, you know, hopefully they'll have the next one after that back here in the States. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's on the West Coast again because that was nice and close for all of, or you know, for, for most of us anyway. I know, Tim, that was practically in your backyard. and
1: yeah, I'll, say, I'll go one step further and just say, I hope it's in Anaheim again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. Um, of course, if they want to have it in Phoenix too, that would be awesome, but... <laughs> Um, they might need to move it up a little bit. Although the weather around here is still pretty nice this time of year, but uh, you definitely don't want to be having, uh, you know, a big convention out here in like July or something. Um, in fact, that, that's one of the main reasons why I'm like, man, I would love to do a Chewbacca costume, but I can't imagine wearing that thing to Phoenix Comic Con. <laughs> I would just oh, like, melt in there. That'd be um, insane. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, wherever the next celebration is back in the States, uh can't wait to uh get to see the next trailer for whatever movie is going to be coming out that year in fact now that we know that they're moving back to a summer release for episode eight um i mean man can you imagine if like 2017 we have another convention back here in the states like right before uh the movie comes out i mean Whether that means they'd have like a special premiere of it there or whether we just get to see some new clips or trailers or whatever, like that excitement would just be even more fever pitch, which is hard to believe because it is hard to believe you can beat the excitement from that Force Awakens uh, teaser that we saw.
1: I know it'd be like kind of what we all imagine Celebration Anaheim was going to be when that was first announced and we thought. Uh, Force Awakens would come out in May in the summer, like the right. other Star Wars movie. But now that we know for sure, Episode 8 is coming out during that time. So maybe the next celebration here in the States will be that w- celebration where we're just like a month away from release and there will be so much good stuff for Episode 8 being revealed.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to kind of put it in perspective, like, Tim, you know, building up to this celebration, I kept hyping it up and everything. And the one example I kept using was at Celebration 6 when we saw the trailer for clone wars season five and that moment when uh sidious ignites two lightsabers to fight uh dark maul and savage Press in that trailer and we all just you know freaked out and lost our minds and i was telling you about how great it was and how it's just so cool to be around you know that kind of energy and that many you know grown adult star wars fans just going absolutely bananas for uh you know an animated show or something like that um I think it's definitely safe to say the reaction to we were home. It, it beat that. Um, and we weren't even in the main room either. Like we, we were in the, the overflow room. And of course we're still, you know, that room was packed to capacity full of, um, you know, huge star Wars fans, but the, the absolute diehard fanatics who had been in line since like six o'clock the night before. Um, and, and, you know operating on obviously very little sleep and were probably you know slightly (laughs) delirious over in that other room um you know i'm sure they just went absolutely nuts for that trailer so yeah that was just such a great time um and of course it's been fun to uh be able to get on here and you know talk about it and recap it and uh yeah, you know, of course. We always were joking at Celebration about like how long of a recap episode we were going to do for this. Well, there we go. Part one is, uh, you know, getting pretty close to three hours now here. So, um, you know, I think we'll we'll wrap this one up right here. But uh, we'll be back again pretty soon with another episode to talk about Celebration Part Two. Um, and like we said, talk about just how awesome that Star Wars Rebels premiere was, among many other things. So, um, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, for those of you who got to be at celebration, hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, and for those of you who weren't able to make it, uh, we hope to be able to see you at the next one. And we hope we've been able to, uh, you know, just kind of give you an idea of what it was like to, to be there and get to see some of this awesome stuff and bring you some of the updates and stuff like that, um, that we got to see there. So, as always, you can check us out online at starwarstsc.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com Star Wars The Saga Continues or follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. And of course, you can always send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Uh, so that's going to do it for part one of our celebration recap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next time and may the Force be with you.
1: See you next time, everybody.